0: girls, children of all ages, welcome back to another episode of the Keel Show. Here live on Twelve Ounce Sports. Watching us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Zingo TV. Channel Seven Sixty One. Sign up for free today using promo code Twelve Ounce Sports. Get involved in the show today. Hashtag TKS at the Keel Show. I almost forgot my favorite part of the intro. I'm your host, Alex Keel. Alongside me, the inside the insiders, Tyler Keel. Hello, everybody. If I'm, you I'm, have, here, I'm here. Yeah, yeah, you're here. If you have any questions, make sure to hit us up in the chat or in the comments during today's episode or anytime during the week, and we will do our very best to answer them. Today's show on Twelve Ounce Sports is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. Bet on all sports, win and get paid using the promo code Twelve Ounce Sports. Sports are ramping up, Tyler. We got they the are. NHL hockey season in full swing. That is promo code Twelve Ounce Sports to join for free. Today's episode is also brought to you by our good friends over at Second String Leather Company. Light the lamp candles are back in stock and new two-inch drop leather earrings. Secondstringleather.com, Second String Leather Company, hashtag crafted from the crease. Yes. If you don't want to invest in our beautiful and wonderful and phenomenal, you never would have guessed it, sponsors and partners, make sure to check out. Our own merchandise at teespring.com slash store slash the keel show. That's space where, well, dashes where the space should be on the keel show. We start off the show today with a bang, if you will. A bang. Alex. Not energy drinks. No, no, no. Just a regular old bang. As we are joined by one of the hosts of the starting lineup, which you can find on Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver, Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 a.m. Or 9 a.m. to noon for, you know, us yeah, East us, us, us out in the east, Yeah. You may also know him as the voice of EA Sports NHL. Ladies and gentlemen, it is James Sabolski on hey,
1: the show. Hey, James. Woo. How are you doing, James? Oh,
2: look at that, man. It sounds like I got my own posse. I love it. What's up, boys?
1: <laughs> well, you know, we, we like to make, you know, it's our guests and, you know, you're willing to take time out of your day. So we got to make sure you feel welcome and excited because our show is, it's a show. It is a show. <laughs> it's a show. <laughs>
2: I, I do. I do the same thing whenever I, I do. Whenever I talk to my boss, I do the same thing: just suck up and just make him feel like a million bucks. So you want to start off on the right foot. So I appreciate it, man. I appreciate a little suck up. My kids never suck up to me, so like, why not? I'll take the love that I can get. Well,
0: we appreciate you being on the show with us, J- James. First of all, Thank you.
1: we have you know we've had people all across North America on our show. People you know from down here in the states, out in California, Texas. New York up in Ontario Alberta and now we have you and of course we had Ken we had uh, Ken Weeb last week from Winnipeg now we have you in British Columbia let's quick get like an update how is it going out west ev- with everything because you're still working in your in your home during doing the shows right because you're not back in the studio there at 650 right?
2: You're right. You're absolutely right. It's funny. I couldn't help but chuckle as well. I shouldn't chuckle. I'm kind of morbid to say that, but you pretty much rattled off like every major hotspot in North America before you kind of got to, uh, before you got to us, but like, what y'all you know, California, Texas, New York. Um, you forgot Florida, I guess, but, uh, no, I, uh, no, we're, we're, you know what? I will say this. Um, I think we are still trying to be mindful. Um, our company, uh, Rogers, uh, our parent company for, uh, for Sportsnet and, uh, and I'll also say the same thing with, uh, with Electronic Arts, the uh, parent company for EA Sports NHL. Um, they've been really good uh, about, uh, you know, trying to give everybody the opportunity to stay safe, stay at home. And, you know, I've, been pretty much working from home now for what, over 10 months Mm -hmm. that, uh, pretty much mid-March, you know, it's funny. We go back to mid-March. I hosted an event in the middle of March last year, um, for the JCC at the sports dinner they do every year. And, uh, Drew, Drew, Drew Brees was the keynote speaker that night and I host kind of a fireside chat with kind of the, the, the celebrity that rolls into town every year. And, you know, the walls were essentially closing in, uh, as for everybody around the world going, man, this is kind of crazy. And, and we were at the point where, um, that particular night, and here we are in a packed room with a thousand people for this sold out dinner and Drew, Like think about that in a banquet hall now, right now, right? A thousand yeah. people in a room together and, which is kind of crazy. But, um, there was that at every dinner place setting, there was a, a little bottle of, hand sanitizer, which was so hard to get at that point, right? It was just oh, yeah. Man, this is getting crazy. And this is probably gonna be the last night. And you know, literally as the event's about to start, we're all taking our seats and somebody walks by and, and says, Holy cow, Trump just shut down international travel in the US and it's like, oh, wow, geez. that is serious. And and so I take another five steps and a colleague of mine gets up and comes over to me and says, The NBA just shut down. You know, uh, Rudy Gobert just tested positive, and you're going, oh my God, the NBA just halted play in the middle of the evening of scheduled play and they just stopped. Like, wow. During the Mavericks game, that was the famous before, one. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that was one that really kind of made And I feel like sports had such a major impact in terms of finally making everybody take this way more serious than they probably were at the time. So it's like, Trump has shut down international travel. Five seconds later, somebody says, the NBA just shut down. And then five seconds after, I go, holy crap, this is getting serious. I turn around, and somebody else comes over and says, Tom Hanks has coronavirus. oh, like, my, oh God. my God, Boris <laughs> Trump's going to die. Just, you know, at the time, you're like, this is crazy. And, um, yeah, so it was that night where So was down and, you know, spending an hour on stage with Drew Brees and, and kind of seeing how things kind of worked for him last weekend. and. Um, yeah, it, it was, that was kind of the last night to see anybody in, in some form of public setting after that particular night. We've just been working from home where I've, uh, worked on my COVID beard and, um, you know, probably justified way too many chocolates and glasses of <laughs> wine and, and bags of chips, uh, and just, just talking blaming everything on COVID. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's been kind of life, but I think we're getting things under control to a degree. Uh, restrictions are still in place, but there's no social gatherings right now. It's basically stick to your family household. Um, you know, our kids are signed up. They play all, uh, they all play uh, rec soccer and uh, there's no games right now. You can't even have scrimmages for where we are. So everything's just basically skill drills. You got to be three meters apart. And, um, but I don't think we're under the quite the lockdowns and restrictions uh, to where you see in... Um, other parts of the country is talking to my sister who's in, in Ottawa and, you know, basically in Ontario, you know, no, ski hills aren't open. There's a lot of stuff is basically shut down and closed where, you know, I think we still have, you know, the businesses, the economy, you know, schools are still up and running. And, um, yeah, I think there's still about a close to a sense of normalcy in a COVID world right now in North America that you can pretty much get. Um, but you know, it's, it's touch and go here, but, um, you know i think we're starting to kind of we're starting to tighten it a little bit up after uh you know things kind of got out of control after halloween so uh but nobody wants to talk about covid right now do they
0: no absolutely <laughs> not oh i mean like for us around here i i was just uh, i had to drop some equipment off at the local hockey rink just over here because um, I worked for yeah. the uh, local university for their hockey program. And I while I was you there, make it seem like
1: you're the only person that works for that team,
0: <laughs> right? Basically, but <laughs> even while I was and there, you volu- know,
2: and volunteer,
0: right? Absolutely, yeah. No, I'm volunteer. No, no, no. Um, but even then, you know, they the one of the local high te- high school teams around here, um, they. They basically had a not practice where there was no coaches around or anything, and they were basically just scrimmaging each other um, just so that they're, you know, able to still play and whatnot once a potential season can come around just because, you know, players that they, they, they always want to be on the ice, you know, whenever they can. Um, and when, you know, if if the school can pay for it and they have the ice time already, you might as well try to use it. But obviously you want to try to stay within the guidelines, you know, play by the rules, if you will. But Getting back into professional hockey, NHL season is in full swing. You know, we have all the teams playing in their empty ish arenas with the tarps, with the beautiful advertisements and advertisements on the helmets. Um, what is your initial reaction to the opening weekend of the NHL and how the on ice play has looked?
2: It's been fun. Uh, it's been nice to just have hockey back. Uh, I don't think it. you know, it, it's tough to kind of gauge, you know, I'll say this here in Vancouver, you know, watching the first three games of the season. And I think half the marketplace is probably, you know, it's three games, but you know, you're, you're going to nitpick uh, with a passionate fan base. And so think you kind of look at, all right, well, we're Pettersson. He hasn't dominated a game yet. Right. Uh, I think, you know, if you look at in Edmonton, it's, you know, the Oilers are one and two, and it's like, okay, well, McDavid had one night, and what about the other two nights? You know, how are they going to go? And, you know, the Senators have played all of two games, and it's like they won one, and it's like, hey, you know what? This seems a lot better than a lot of people think. You know, well, look out. And, um, you know, and so just trying to get a handle um, on where things are at. But, you know, I think what we're learning is, there's going to be games that are going to be postponed. Um, is it the prettiest hockey right now? No. Um, is it the sexiest? Probably not. When you, it's it's a little raw. I think it's a little scrambly at times. But you know what? Sometimes a little less structured lends for a little more skill and just a little more open, free flow. You know, structures teams play so well within their systems, right? You know, you look at, you know, five on five, even strength goals are so hard to come by, you know, you're waiting for your power play to strike and you, you know, one little mistake winds up in the back of your net. And and that's where I think in these early days, as chemistry still developed with some teams that made a lot of turnover and change in the off season, I think where you've got this right now, we're seeing a little bit of unfettered play, which allows for a little more improvisation and, you know, sometimes it's not always pretty. And when your team's on the wrong end of it, it sucks. But I'll say this. I've kind of liked a little bit of that. oh, what's going on here? And you know what? It's okay. Because when it goes up and down, uh, something a little more, I don't want to say it's shinny hockey because it's way more structured than that. But right. it just lends for a little, it just lends for a little more opportunity. And as somebody who likes gold, I'm all for it.
0: Yeah, and you know the one thing that I've kind of been hearing around going around the horn is the, the the idea about the teams that didn't play in last year's playoff hub having to try to manufacture, if you will, this this hype around the game and get the adrenaline going. You know, obviously teams have or buildings have their own like pumped in sound to try to get that you know fan atmosphere going, but. You know what I've been hearing is that there, there have been you know teams, and obviously you see situations where you know Wayne Simmons trying to make an impact for the Leafs is trying to get a fight right off in his first Punch game against Shabbat. Um Just last was last night or the night before with Columbus versus Detroit. Oh no, that was that
1: was afternoon.
0: Or yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. T- Tyler Bertuzzi trying to fight half the Blue Jackets. Yeah, absolutely. So you, you see a lot of these teams trying to you know get stuff going for them. So have you seen that uh, on your uh, your end? Have you seen teams trying to quote-unquote, build electricity in the building?
2: Oh, I think at this point in time, I think every team is trying to create their own sort of vibe that will try to appeal to the players, whether it's a playlist that that might appeal to them between whistles. You know, look, I, I think the one reality is that everybody's wired different, right? And you look at players, and, and the human fight the mental game that comes into play you know you, there are guys that are bright light players guys who play the bigger the moment the more the pressure these guys just eat it up you know they just can't get enough of those bright lights big city type moments where you've got other players that they might be the best player to practice against but when you get into a game it's just you know where's that guy he just kind of clams up or you know, how many times have people, you know, been knocked uh, for not performing in the playoffs when it matters, right? There's been a ton of those guys over the years who, you know, can't win the big game, right? They can't deliver when it matters most. And it, what, what I think what we see this year is for those guys that struggle mentally in those big games, this is probably the best time for them because they don't have the 20,000 fans that are on them, right? Like, if you're a goalie having a tough night right now, you know, you don't have to worry about hearing the <laughs> ball, you don't, you don't hear that, right? You don't have to worry about getting shirts outside of maybe the guys on the bench on the other team. But for the most part, you, you know, that isn't out there now for guys who use that as an energy boost, who kind of thrive on a, on a hot crowd, you know, that's something that that's probably the big adjustment for those guys who have a real hard time to say, man, I don't have, you know, who who just thrive on that adrenaline, the rush of the crowd that wants that sort of hostility and, and energy and excitement. And I think those guys are probably the ones that struggle way more this year. So teams are, you know, I don't blame teams for trying to get creative to try to whatever they can do to create their own version of a home ice advantage, right? The NFL is, you have got limited fans and stands, you know, sometimes as little as 4,000 fans in an 80,000 seat stadium. And, you know, some places you got about 20,000, but you know, it doesn't make that much of a difference with 4,000 fans, you know, that big a barn, um, you know, the NHL, you don't really have much of that at all right now. And so it's, uh, you're just trying to create whatever you can. And, and I think this is such a unique situation that, um, I think it's a little bit, a uh, you know, it's not a paint by numbers situation. I think it's just, okay, we'll try to figure this out as we go, what works and what doesn't. It's kind of like the piped in crowd noise for some of these broadcasts last year. I think the, my initial thought was, oh, this is terrible. And then I was kind of like, you know what? what I'm actually really good. But, you know, I thought soccer nailed it really well, you know, baseball with an empty crowd is, that's, you know, I don't really feel like it misses the beat the UFC with no fans in the stands. I feel like that's been fine for me. I think it's worked pretty well. Um, you know, I think hockey has been a struggle. Uh, I think basketball has been a struggle, in my opinion. Um, but I think piped-in crowd noise has actually worked for the most part, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, well, it's because it's funny. Alex mentioned, so we work here at Davenport. It's a, it's They have a club college hockey program. They actually have four teams. I'm a broadcaster. He's, he was one of the coaches. And everyone's complaining, oh, it's so quiet in here. We got to turn up the music and turn up the crowd noise. And I'm like, buddy, we do like 1030 games on a Friday night. We're used to no crowds. This is what that's our element. But it makes it really interesting. And you mentioned how guys, you know, you don't goaltenders don't hear them being chanted. I'm pretty sure Frederick Anderson just has to go on Twitter to know what people think about him. Gosh (laughs) almighty. I mean, well, I mean, you're 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 an Ottawa guy, James. I mean, tell I mean, what do you think about the senators? Because it seems like out of all the teams in this division, which we'll get to kind of how we want, think it's going to play out here in just a minute. Ottawa seems like the only happy-go-lucky team in this division. Everyone else has these expectations. Ottawa's just like, hey, we're here to compete and have some fun and develop our players. Is that kind of what we're getting from the Senators this year?
2: Well, it, it sure feels like a house money type year, right? right? Where this is the first time in, what, almost four years that there's hope again in the nation's capital on this side of the board. Um you know, there's a belief. You got Stutzel there, you got Brady Kitchuk, you know, there's Thomas Shabbat, like there's some good young talent that you can say, you know what? I can get behind these guys. I can buy a jersey and feel okay with these guys on the team. You know, Matt Murray, the guy who's won two Stanley Cups, is a goaltender and he's only twenty six and you're okay, you know what, maybe there's there's a guy who can kinda have a bounce back here. There's there's a lot to, to like and you know, Josh Norris and the list goes on and on. Um, You know, this is a team, though, that collectively, by pretty much every hockey expert or someone who thinks they're a hockey expert, has projected to finish last. And in every other case in the Canadian division, I can honestly make a a strong, compelling argument, personally speaking, of six other teams that can win the division, right? That gives one of those teams a shot to be in the conference final or at least the final four in the Stanley Cup playoffs. You know, and that's where, if Ottawa makes the playoffs, it's a huge win of a story. nobody thought it coming. You know, Ottawa, I think, no matter what happens this year, I think people will be surprised at what Ottawa does. You know, Ottawa's going to probably win about 20 games this year. That's the reality. Just statistically, they're going to probably win somewhere in the neighborhood of 15 to 20 games, and I'm going to guess somewhere around 20 is going to be where it is. Now, do I think it's going to be enough to get in the playoffs? No. But think about that. 20 games over the course of a 56-game season with, with six other teams that have a legitimate belief that they can win the division, that's a lot of nights they're going to spoil. They're going to play buzzkill, right? right. If the Leafs, if the Canucks, if the Oilers, if the Flames, if the Jets, you know, or the Habs, if they all miss the playoffs, if, if any of those teams miss bit, it's going to be a serious failure for them. Like, it is a stacked division in terms of parity, right? Like, you could, there's a lot to like on every team, but there's a hole on every team. But if any of those teams, other than the Ottawa Senators, miss the playoffs, and guess what? There's two of those teams that are going to miss out beyond Ottawa. It's going to be a failure. Now, somebody's job could be lost behind the bench, right? Changes could be made within the roster as a result of missing out on this season, this year. And yet I'd say that now I don't know if the Canucks are ready to contend for a Stanley cup just yet, but I think the Canucks are in a position where they feel like they should be able to make some moves in the playoffs. And they tried to build themselves up into a position that they can make a run. You know, the Habs were certainly built to try to push to go as deep as they possibly can to win a Stanley cup. The Leafs are certainly built to do that. I think with Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl, I mean, the window was open for the Oilers to try to win now. I think the Flames certainly feel like they got a shot now with Jacob Markstrom as their goaltender. Um, you know, on the Jets, I mean, they might have as deep a group of forwards in the top six as any in the league, and, you know, you've got a best-winning goaltender, right? Lots of offense and a good goalie. Like, that's the recipe for trying to win the Stanley Cup.
1: That really it, is. It's it's so interesting because because James, I remember you your picks you made last week beforehand, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pay, throw anyone's picks in their face yet. It's only a few <laughs> games in. Go ahead, but, go ahead. But, well, because here's the thing, and I'll be honest, I'm not afraid to say it. I picked Edmonton to finish last in this division because I just don't. Because when we talked with Ken Weeb last week, he said the Jets could finish yeah. anywhere from two to six, and I'm you know I I agree with him because it's true. But my thing is after watching this opening weekend, and yes, the open I think, you know, probably by the end of next month we'll have a good idea of what's going to shape out to be. But right now, James, I have faith that every team in this division, only seven teams, that every team can finish from either one to seven. We don't know. The Leafs could finish last, the Oilers could finish last, the Sens could finish last. The Sens can finish first, mm-hmm. the Leafs can finish first. I know you picked the Habs first, I picked them second, but it's a wide open division, at least until, you know, I'd say probably till the end of next month. Oh, totally, and,
2: and and you know, like the one trend I have noticed so far is that, yeah, you know, whoever wins the first game, that sense of urgency for the team that loses in these little mini series, that just the intensity seems to ramp up in the second leg of that that little mini series that we're seeing. Right, there's a little more desperation, and um, that's the one trend that it kind of stands out. But you're no, I mean, the Jets are a perfect example, right? I mean, Patrick lining, Blake Wheeler, Mark Scheifele. Kyle Connor, Nick Ehlers, Paul Stassi. <laughs> like, that's, like, that's some pretty good firepower, right? Scheifele checks the boxes of anything you'd want from a, from a two way center who can get you 30 goals and get you points and play hard, all of it when healthy, right? Um, you know, Kyle Connor quietly just goes and gets his 30 goals. You know, Nick Ehlers, you know, kind of goes MIA in the playoffs, but man, during the regular season. Guy just finds a way to generate points, and Patrick Liney, you know, in a conventional 82 game season, you kind of wait for him to kind of hit 50 goals, right? He's just a six foot five sniper, like you know, and yet you know we tend more we tend to kind of break him down and bring him down more. Uh, to me, I, I'm surprised that so many times that people write off the Jets, and I've seen so many people picking the Jets for sixth in the division, fifth in the division wondering if, you know, their window up for contending for Stanley Cup is closed. They've got holes on the blue line, but I I just, I can't help but think that with that much firepower and with a good goaltender, um, it's hard not to think that the Jets are going to find a way to get into that playoff mix. Like, i got the Calgary Flames being on the outside, right? You know, there's a lot of people that, man, Sobalski, WTF, are you freaking crazy? (laughs) I'm sure that's Um, exactly what they said, nice and clean. (laughs) Yeah, you're, just, you're an idiot is probably more on the lines of what they're thinking. But that's where, that's where I kind of look at like, whoever's on the outside looking in. Like, I've got the Canucks and the Flames missing with Ottawa. Now, I've seen Ottawa, I've seen a few people try to project, uh, or sorry, Vancouver, I've seen a few people predict Ottawa either finishing second in that division, possibly even winning. Most people seem to take the Leafs, that from what I've seen their most picks. Um, I got the Habs winning. I I just love the way the Habs are built. You know, you got two good goaltenders. I mean, one excellent goaltender and a, a very solid number two. Um, you got a monstrous blue line. That's got some mobility. And, you know, while you don't have an alpha dog up front, you've got a bullpen by committee with a lot of really talented forwards. who can all kind of chip in and share the scoring load where it's not just Brendan Gallagher, but the rise of Suzuki Kotkaniemi looks like he just might be the real deal after all what we saw in the playoffs, you know, and then you throw in Tatar and Drew and Josh Anderson looks like a monster for the first couple of games of The hats and Tyler to the proven Stanley cup winner. And then, you know, you got Corey Perry as a depth guy who probably could come in real handy once the playoffs get underway, who showed that, you know, for all of us that wrote off Corey Perry in the regular season last year, I'm going with Corey Perry in the Stanley cup playoffs for the start.
0: He played that perfect role, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean I had him, you know, oh. taken completely out of the entire regular season when he decided to brain someone at the winter classic.
3: But well it was just me. It, it wasn't a brain <laughs> it was a blind oh, side. Yeah, hit. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But,
0: yeah, that felt like it was about a decade ago, just, just for all of those who were watching at home. Shout out to our <laughs> boy Pete Weber, Nashville broadcaster, friend of the show. Uh but now, James you you talk about how you know i mean we all talk about really how open this 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 division in the north could be and you know fans are so excited about having hockey back you know the flames beat the canucks habs beat oilers which some would say that was kind of a write in some say not so much because how this series or how the season could play out sens have a split with the leafs which i was quite shocked about i told tyler i was like after the the senators want is like well i guess i have to root for the senators instead of the leafs now but then i guess they'll have to see how the season goes what do you think james are going to be the matchups within this division that fans are going to have to keep their eyes on and you know you know something that we're going to be super excited about to see is it going to be you know flames versus oilers how many times this season uh, is, it gonna, is it is it going to be you know the original six matchups. What what's going to be the matchups to look for with the
2: North? Well, it's hard not to think. I mean, I would say this, and I'm maybe I'm just biased in terms of the region that I'm at. But I look at the Flames and the Canucks, right? And you look at the storyline where you know Jacob Markstrom, who was an all star for the for the Canucks last year, between the pipes and leaves via uh, free agency. Goes to Calgary, gets the six-year, $6 million AAV uh, contract, and not only goes there, but so too does Chris Tana. And case in point, Saturday night, there's Jacob Markstrom blanking the, the uh, his former team, uh, making 32 saves in the shutout victory for Calgary. And Chris Tanner steps up with eight blocked shots against his former team, right? Like, those guys wanted it. And guess what? There's eight more times that those two teams play, including Monday night. So how does that, you know, two teams that have always had a, a strong history in terms of the divisional rivalry, going back to the days of the old Smite division, oh, yeah. but how that plays out. You know, if Jacob Markstrom winds up, you know, playing like he did for the bulk of the regular season last year for the Canucks and does that for the Flames, Man, the Canucks could very well be on the outside looking in if the Flames dominate that matchup, right? And and boy, oh boy, how do you not look at Jim Benning and, and Canucks management and say, guys, like you guys totally made the wrong call letting Jacob Marchand walk. But you know, here we are now, and uh, I think that's a huge series to keep tabs on. Um, you know, you look at some of the other matchups. I think. I think Toronto and Montreal just, I mean, there's an old school rivalry, the French and the English goes back, what, 300 years in this country. But I would say with, with that matchup um, for those teams, that's something to keep an eye on because both those teams have, you know, aspirations of winning the division. I mean, the Leafs have all sorts of firepower and they went out and they brought in some key veterans as well this year. But you know, you look at Montreal, and Kerry Price reminded everybody he's still got a lot of gas left in the tank, right? You know, Kerry Price was great in the playoffs and can still make big saves. Um, and they brought some size in with Josh Anderson. They brought in Foley. They brought in Joel Edmondson. You know, the Habs got bigger. And, and throughout the lineup, right, I think that will be a real kind of measuring stick for both teams that have hopes of winning the uh, the North or the Poutine division or the Gord Downey division, however we want to nickname the uh, So those are probably, I look at those two as probably uh, two that kind of stand out. And I think the Senators, whoever they wind up matching up with, um, you know, I think one team is going to wind up with probably a less than favorable record against Ottawa. Um, and, and that could be the difference of getting into the playoffs or not. Um, you know, sometimes there's just a team that has your number, right? Uh, Winnipeg and Vancouver for the last several years, Winnipeg has had a one-sided record when it comes to matching up against the Canucks. Like if that trend continues, you know, if teams get dominated by one team this year, you know, that might be the difference from getting into the playoffs and not
1: yeah it's it's going to be tough and I'm you know what now now he's getting me all hungry now I'm hungry and now I want to go listen to nautical yeah. disaster talk about <laughs> the the tragically hip division man. <laughs> James, get me. And by the way, say hi to the pupper. We're just glad that Wixie didn't hear her coming because if she heard a dog barking, she would have started barking. We have had dogs barking galore here on the Kula Show. But say hello to the pupper, James. We've we, been are ch- of,
2: we are one of the we are one of the millions of families I think across North America that got ourselves a COVID puppy. We, uh, we got Odin. Well, uh, he'll turn a year old in uh, a week from now, and uh, he's our little Entlebucher, which is the smaller version of the Swiss Mountain Dog. And what a good is, name! Uh, yeah. yeah, we got we got it. Well, you know what? Go figure. We got four little girls in the house, and the one name that they could all agree on was Thor's dad. Yep. <laughs> hey, they're
1: mo- it means they're superhero fans. That's right. Well, we we got a corgi actually in September, and we named her because my uh, my wife's like, do you know any girl names? Because we always like to name like my dream dog is a dog named Dougie for Dougie Hamilton. It's like, well, well, she's gonna be a girl. What kind of dog? What do you want to name it? I'm like, well, the first one that came to my mind was Haley Wickenheiser. And I'm like, Haley, I don't want to call a dog Haley. I'm like, what about like her hockey nickname, Wixie? And she's like, that's perfect. So we have a dog named Wixie now for Haley Wickenheiser. So I, I was left with the, I get to name the dog. She names the babies. So that's how it works here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, Speaking of Wixie, hi, everybody's, Wixie. Everybody's working. Oh, everybody's yeah. making it work in these challenging and unique times, right? And Wixie's
1: on the screen here now. So everyone watching on the 12-ounce sports can tune in and see Wixie's beautiful face for the second week in a row. We've been chatting with James Sebulki. James Sebulki. Holy cow. Come on. James Sabalski of Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver. Also on the EA Sports NHL franchise. James, have a wonderful rest of your season. We'll catch you on down the road. Boys,
0: anytime. Nice
2: to catch up with you guys and stay safe out there. You as well,
0: sir. All right. Bye now.
1: Thank you. That was James Sabolski of Sportsnet 650. And once again, right as we end with a guest, we get Wixie back on the screen. Did you hear me talking about a dog or something? Okay. The wife's back here bringing
0: her in as well. Hi,
1: baby girl. By
0: the way, you messed up. You don't want to name the dog Dougie for Dougie Hamilton. You want to name the dog Dougie for Doug Gilmore.
1: Dougie Hamilton, Doug Gilmore. Love I both. mean,
0: hey, we love Dougie Hamilton.
1: I uh, personally like him. Go Canes. You know he's going to sign with someone else next year. No. No. <laughs> Get away from my air. I'll put my water on the he ground.
0: He is a quintessential oh. part of our power play. And by that, I mean, he sits at the point and they pass it to and him. He bombs it. Okay. Some, or two things we've got to mention today
1: before we get into any more. One, today's Martin Luther King Day. Yep. And of also the anniversary of Willie O'Ree making his NHL debut, becoming the first black player to do so. So, Congratulations for him and Alex. I for- almost forgot about this. And Bryce, of course, we never mentioned this. Willie O'Ree is going to get his number retired by the Boston Bruins.
0: That is true. And Good. we're actually have- we're watching the game right now, Boston versus the Islanders. Yep, 0-0 right now in the four minute mark,
1: or four twenty left in the second period. Also, Alex, ready for this? I'm ready for it. You know what day it is? What? It is Winnie the Pooh day. We have Winnie the Pooh here on the Kula Show because it's Win- why you- oh you're trying to- what are you trying to no don't block Winnie the Pooh Winnie the yeah. I found that out because it was on my memories. January the eighteenth is Winnie the Pooh Day. I forgot why that's the case. Is that why is that the case, Kel? Do you remember why it's the case? I don't remember why either. Did A. E. Milton write it on January the eighteenth or something? I don't, I don't know. know. She she's she's not talking over here, which concerns me. Usually she's yelling at me or something.
0: Maybe I don't know. She might be mad at you. I mean, we had the 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 door open when we were blasting our pre-show. We're music. blasting Collective Soul in
1: here. Getting well, we we had to do something EA Sports NHL themed, even though Sobalski's only done the last couple editions
0: of it. We had to get the best one. Oh, say bye, Wixie. Yeah, bye, bye baby girl. <laughs> oh, look at her. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you think about it, Winnie the Pooh day, and also celebrating the. First game that Willie O'Ree played in the NHL, you know, breaking the color barrier in NHL hockey. I mean, Pooh is a bear. The Bruins are bears. It is. It is a. It's a. It's a. It's a day. It's a day. (laughs) I couldn't even think of it. Um, but imagine everyone's tuning
1: in right now, just watching us. It's a day. (laughs) (laughs) It's a day. And I said Dougie Gilmore and said Doug Hamilton, and I have Winnie the Pooh here because it's Winnie the Pooh Day. And yeah. we have and, Hawk, then,
0: yeah. and then also we have to we have to mention um, going off of the Willie O'Ree, um, the whole thing behind that. Um, I know of at least um, a few teams posting about um, oh the wearing the decals on the back of the, the right behind the ear, yes, the decal of celebrating uh, equality, yes, um, decal uh, which has the face of Willie O'Ree with his phenomenal hat. Phenomenal hat! You never would have guessed. No, you would have guessed it because that man is the epitome of class when it comes to that. Yeah. So I can't really come up with words. There's, there's. I mean, he he did so much for the game and you know the development of you know just being a, a face and well, there's a, a reason a why he's in the hall. Listen,
1: I he there's a reason why Alex he's in the Hall of Fame despite not having. Those astronomical numbers you expect a Hall of Famer to have. He's in the Hall of Fame because of what he did. I should put Winnie the Pooh away for this, probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh gets As there, you know, just, just holding. <laughs> holding- no, because he, he did literally. Like, I, mean I get it. People are like, oh, because nowadays. I mean, even though you know, there's some, there's still you know racism in this country, as we've seen over the last you know six months. And this, this country,
0: the world, you name it. So no, I'm
1: not. Yeah, this country, the world, as 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 a whole, and society, I just, society, and. That's why it's such a big deal still is that he was able to do it back then. And that's why still today people are fighting for racial justice. And it's so important. That's why, of course, Cody Jansen just tuned in. And by the way, hi, Dad and Colleen. They're watching as well. Cody is tuning in right now. And Cody was the one who I had on the show on that Thursday when the NHL boycotted those playoff games for that day mm-hmm. and, and the Friday after. We had a long talk about it because we felt like it was necessary to talk about it. And it's because of guys like Willie O'Ree who stood up and were the first ones to say, you know what? I can just play. I can do this, and yeah. and credit to the Boston Bruins for giving him that opportunity. And guess what? He made history, and glad we're still celebrating it today.
0: Yeah, quick. Uh, I'm gonna block my screen a little bit so you okay. can't. So you can't. What it was the minor league team that Willie? It was o'kay played um, for? It was a
1: Quebec before- team. It was a Quebec team. team. It, was a, it, was, it a, was
0: a Quebec team. What was the name of the team? Montreal Aces. No, it was the Quebec Aces.
1: Quebec Aces. Unless I must yes. say, New was in Quebec, but man, yes. I, of course, Montreal had have their own team and their own Yeah, backyard.
0: it was midway through his Quebec second Aces. minor league season with the Aces. He only played when six, he was called up to the Six games? Bruins. Six games? With the Bruins or the yeah. Aces? Bruce, the Bruins. Six games, right? Uh scroll, I I have 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 scroll down. Just to scroll down. Keep scrolling. I'll have his stats somewhere. There you go. Uh yes. Okay. So yeah, he did played the in Quebec Aces, Boston Bruins. He played 43, forty-three games. Oh, I think he played six. Got sent back down, then came back up.
1: That's yeah. why. Remember, there was there was a single digit because he went back down and then he came back and played the rest of the season.
0: Yeah, um, but yes, all of that. And you know, okay, quick, not really good segue. We went. You're awful we of, at segues, Alex. Know I this. know. We were having great segues before the show, and now i look, I'm just because no, I because I, I created the segues. I'm mean, me, no. but I'm just saying we we kind of talked. We, I mean, we talked about it with James during the interview. James Sabolsky, by the way, if you're just tuning in, we talked to EA Sports, NHL
1: play by play voice and co-host of the starting lineup in TSN or TSN Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver. James Sabolsky. Yeah, I almost said it when I was signing off with him. Yeah, I almost said that's TSN. A pretty,
0: that's a pretty good interview. I like that. That
1: was fun. <laughs> James. Well, listen, I knew he's gonna be a fun guy because I, I know people that know him and they well, say, yeah,
0: well, yeah, I mean, it's, he's he's got a he definitely has a personality. I think that's a huge reason why he's and on the, radio. The, the NHL ap- approached him to be on the game. You don't want to have someone that's, hey shoots, his he scores.
1: So you're telling me we didn't want to have Doc Emrick and Eddie Olczyk again. Hey, <laughs> hey. There's a reason why they kept Ray Ferraro. Hey, be okay. nice to Doc. I, he's I, retired. I will. No, it's the it was the video game aspect of it. I will say this though. I have a guy at work. A shot
0: from the ball.
1: He's about ten years older than I am. And I told him, yeah, you. Hey, check it out. Like I, I didn't tell him the name. I'm like, yeah, we're gonna have the voice of the NHL games on our show next Monday. What do you say, Jim Hewson? And I'm like. You are oh. yeah, darn it. <laughs> no, we have James Sabolski right like same. <laughs> ja- no, James. We had James Cebulski, because because it's funny like playing the games now because I I go off and on. I'll have the sound on, I'll have the sound off. Of course, Sabolski is the radio host of the like the radio show that's on when you're doing the BF Pro mode. Yeah, so you only really get to hear James Sabolski doing a show when it's James Sabolski pretty much doing his own show. So it works perfectly. Yeah, and, and I, I mean that's that's like a. Like, did Jim Houston ever I'm, do his own radio show? No, he did not. Well, he may have. I don't
0: know. He but might. not
1: in the video games though.
0: No. That 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 also that that's a whole thing. Like the new NHL like Be a Pro experience. But what I was going to say was we talked about it and with the whole like piping in like fan
1: like the fan noise and stuff. Oh, you mentioned. I took it off because I knew because I know I'm going to respond right away
0: cuz Absolutely. I'm just saying I think it'd be hilarious if I mean it's not going to happen this season, say. if the Toronto Maple Leafs played in Long Island yep. versus the Islanders, if the Islanders, whenever John Tavares touched the puck, just have them relentless booing. Well, because that's the one thing, too. Alex. You have to be
1: accurate. No, because that's the one thing, too. You don't have any booze. There's no booze. It's just very quiet noise. There's never any booze in the, the arenas. F, there should be. That'd be. I, I would love that. Well, because when because we're watching the game Saturday night, you and I, Sens and Leafs, they're in Ottawa. We get to we're watching it and we just see. All right, here come the Senators. They do. The, it was their, it was their first home. No, Friday. It was their first home game, and the Leafs come out. Here come the Toronto Maple Leafs, and just quiet. I'm like. Well, first of all, if this were actually the regular season, there'd be cheering because it's the Leafs, and the Leafs bring everyone out of Ottawa that's a Leafs fan because yeah. even though the Ottawa Senators have been there for now, this is their 30th season, they still don't care. <laughs> There's Not a reason they don't care. They it's... couldn't sell out their arena in the playoffs. Tyler. In the conference finals. Tyler. With Clark MacArthur being Tyler, a hero. Tyler. With Mike Hoffman. Tyler. And Eric Carlson. Tyler. And Craig Anderson. Tyler. Colin Smith was there? I think he was.
0: At the Senators game? Yeah.
1: yeah. No, no, at the Sens team uh, for the... He, he was... Oh, no, he played one game. Because... Oh, who was the one guest we had? when We were talking about the Sens the one time. He was in the chat
0: all the time. What was, you, you remember which one I'm talking about, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. I can't I think, remember, but... No. Well, he, here's the thing. When the Red Wings were great, and they were... Or, or even competitive, it was very hard for a Leafs fan to get a ticket, right? Uh, the last game last season when me and Katie went, there was a lot of blue. Why? Because the Leafs were good, Wings were not. Yeah. When, so when, when, so went when a team is un, when a when a team is underperformed for a a good amount of time, there's not going to be too many fans that show up because yeah. why? Why spend your money on a game that you know it's, it's a it's a possibility you're going to lose? I get it, that. The only fans that are going to be season ticket holders are the diehard fans or At the very least, fans that just love hockey. They don't care who wins. I will say this. you do have that also. If I lived in, like... People that watch hockey just to watch the Stars play. If, yeah, well, if I lived... Not the Dallas uh, Stars, like, uh,
1: superstars. Well, people are watching them in Dallas because Dallas, you know... (laughs) They're not playing right now, Alex. You want to know why? Because Dallas is... Because Texas is stupid. But... (laughs) Hey, okay, I'm sorry. You do, can't do you just want, call out an entire state. Like do you that? want me to pull up the image of when they were in the conference finals at the height of the pandemic, by the way, when they had fans in America. Yes, Maryland Tyler, Center. we get
0: it. They had to cancel, ga- or Alex, to cancel games. Hey, they had to postpone games. We get it. Ben Bishop
1: wearing dress clothes is wearing more masks than the people in the in that crowd.
0: Fair enough. Uh, let's get into the recap before we go to commercial, and then we have uh, our second guest on the show. Mike McKenzie, Kitchener Rangers GM. Uh, so we talked about the North division going wild. It's Tim Stutzel's first goal. Um, i so,
1: Okay. So I saw
0: it. You l- didn't let you me come back in the room ex- and I was like, let me explain. Oh no. So
1: we did the double TV on Saturday night, which we'd never done before. Cause we have the TV in here. And now we have the TV out in the living room. I thought, Hey, we have a, you know, a couple people over. Let's get both TVs out. Cause obviously the NFL was going on. So we got to watch that boring game between Buffalo and Baltimore. There was the one interception that was turned for a touchdown, but that was it. Regardless, we have the game out. I take Wixie out because, unfortunately, I don't want her to poop on the floor. I go out. The Leafs are up 3-1 at that point. I'm like, okay, whatever. I'm not going to miss a whole lot. What do I miss? Probably the, one of the best goals of the weekend, maybe of the month, maybe of the season, if nothing crazy else happens. Tim Stoots, first NHL goal. Not, he didn't get four, though. He's not Austin Matthews, Alex. So no. Man. Austin Matthews, by the way, did score in that game against Ottawa. But I, I just... Everything about that play... The deflection up in the air, and Jack Campbell's looking at him like, "Do I want to catch this like a pop fly?" And Tim Stutzla, who has the weirdest tape job in
0: the history of hockey, Stutzla, Stutzla, it's Stutzla. Everyone
1: says Stutzel, but it's Stutzla.
0: It's I'm gonna say Stutzla until further notice. Hey,
1: I'm okay, fine. You do what you want, but he's watching this thing, and he's like, "All right, my one weird horizontal piece of tape is gonna clap bomb this into the back of the net." And Campbell's like, "He's not really gonna." And then, bam! He went Hogan
0: on it, Alex. Well, well, he has more than just a cup. He has at least two pieces going horizontal, and he t- he tapes the toe. He tail. has the toe. He has enough of the toe. It's a weird tape job, but hey, if it works, it works. Okay, no, it's, it's not it it's an, not Peter Klimo with the Z. It was tape. an epic goal nonetheless. Bat, batting it basically out of the air, comes straight down, goes to about ice level. Oh. Smack, go, boom, in.
1: Hey, mm. uh, breaking news: Adam McQuaid's retiring huh i didn't know he wasn't even playing neither did i we got well we'll talk about another guy that's potentially retiring here in a little bit wait who is who is for the is that jake Debrusque doing the similar tape job he's got
0: i, I was watching the highlights people and are doing weird tape jobs nowadays it's just it's, it's just a trend
1: Stutzler's the best forward in the tournament and the world junior tournament everyone's gonna tape their stick that way now okay I'm, I'm gonna go honestly and do a few games this year and i'm gonna see people with well knock on wood that i do i'll retape
0: you. my stick like that i don't
1: care you're well you know what alex that's just like the fact Why not? that you, the fact that you have tape on your stick is just i mean you i'll say this you have gotten a lot better at your tape jobs i used to have to tape your sticks actually no, dad when i was a when
0: i was literally four years old yes
1: i was literally four
0: yes when i was four years old after that i could do my own tape thank you yeah um chicago you're bad um Well, that's the next point.
1: I'm sorry. When you have Mount, was it Colin Delia who just ate it against? um,
0: Who cares? I think it was. I don't care. Your goalies are bad. Your team's bad. I just I Jonathan Taves is not going to be there for a long time. After well,
1: I I don't think I don't know. We still don't have any update on that. Patrick Kane.
0: Is not going to be there for a long time after Kirby Doc's
1: out until well, he's out for the season at this point.
0: He's not going to because they're he not going to play out, probably like out, out. Oh, uh, I <sighs> the most redeeming part of your team, I think, if, is your jerseys. And even then, they we still got to talk about the logo. There's so, well, here's we'll the talk thing about that later.
1: I think w- the crazy thing that happened, Alex, is they, they were supposed to go for you know the rebuild. And then this, you know, 2014 playoff happens, and all of a sudden, hey, guys, we're good. And we, hey, we won a round. We got into the actual playoffs, and then they got smoked by Vegas. But hey, they're still bad. Maybe they'll be good again. And then they lose Corey Crawford, couldn't get any other goaltender, Malcolm Subban your starter. Your captain's not going to play because unfortunately he's still we we still don't know what's wrong with him. Hopefully we hopefully it's you know he's going to be able to recover from this whether it be a, you know comes back and plays hockey or just as a person. By the way, Henrik Lundqvist successful heart surgery. You saw that the other day. Yep, that's good to hear. But I as long as there's no no expectation for this team, and I still stand by my belief that Chicago will finish behind Detroit. That's my yes. take on that. Yes. Which is a perfect segue to talk about today's game, the 12 o'clock game. So that's why probably why Sabolski didn't watch it. He was just leaving the studio when it oh, was going on. I was able to listen to it at work and I caught the end. So I wings went up. Columbus comes back. They end up winning the game three to two. Detroit they're not awful. Mark Stahl is a liability, but that's too. You. you remember? Well, when, yeah. That, remember we well,
0: as soon as we found out that Mark Stahl was going to play for the wings, we're like, oh, great. All I said was great locker room
1: guy. Everything else is going to suck about him.
0: Right. No. That, well, that who was, like was the, it? Was
1: it Brad Crisco from Wing Wheel Podcast? And I'm like, this guy is going to be a problem, isn't it? And I'm like, buddy, you've never watched the Rangers, have you? Like 2014 was seven years ago, children. That's how, yeah, that's how I'm long how long. been. Ju-
0: I'm just going to say, if I remember correctly, like a a good third, if not half of the goals from the Canes Rangers series had Mark Stahl on the ice. Yeah, he's,
1: he, it's not good. And I just, I chuckled because I, I get it. You want to have everyone be competitive and you want to, you know, be, have them be better. Listen, I, and I know people tore apart Anthony Mantha and listen, his work ethic is a question. Buddy, we watched him in Grand Rapids for what, two years, three years? His work ethic was a problem. <laughs> I we I know him personally. I met him. He's a great guy. Got great hands. We've seen how great he could be an NHL star. He's got the work ethic of. Um, he's a Thomas Yerko. He's a Tom. Well, no, I think he's better than Thomas Yerko. Thomas well, Yerko was a YouTube skill, star.
0: Skill wise? Skill wise? Better. Yes. yes. He's better than Thomas Yerko. I'm talking about attitude. And that's, 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 the, that's the one stat that's not shown on the sheet, if you will. Can we, though, talk about Bobby Ryan? Two goals in two
1: games, fighting, and he got in that scuffle. Listen, Bobby
0: Ryan knows his days are numbered. But good for him though, right? I mean, if you're going to try to make an impact on a new team and try to, you know, set a precedent of, hey, I want some job security. This is a great team to have it with where you can put yourself in a position to stay on the team for a while and, you know, you know, try to do something while you're there. I mean, you don't want to just be you don't want to just keep playing your own game. Right. Um You know, so like Bobby Ryan, there's like the whole thing around, you know, the the off ice stuff that people got into. And, oh, well, I don't think he's a good fit for the wings. And obviously he's showing that he is. And I think he's really proving to himself and to to this team and honestly, this division that he he's part of the he's going to be a a part of the wings that is going to be the part where we're like, I mean, they're not awful don't forget danny gare buffalo sabers legend was the captain before steve eiserman
1: this is guys i and i get it because our generation is used to the 25 consecutive playoff appearances Stanley cups all this stuff russian five stevie eiserman i get it there was a dead wings era yeah some you know our dad's watching this right now he was a kid he remembers remember lee norwood no one does nope (laughs) remember glenn Hillen or glenn millen being a goaltender for the wings no Remember Jimmy Rutherford? He's a general manager for the Penguins. Yeah, he used to suck for the Wings as a goaltender. They were bad. Mm -hmm. There's a reason why Eddie Jackman got picked up by the Wings because literally he got put on waivers, and the Wings like, we need a capable goaltender, and Jackman he can be a guy, right? Yeah. I it's the Wings are going to be bad, but they're they're not going to be awful. They're not going to be awful. I want to say it's not
0: that they're going to be bad. I'm going to say this, Alex. This is
1: 1985, Detroit this the the end we, goals can we, there can we just say this there
0: let's just let's just say this it's not that they're going to be bad it's just not that they're good they're like, just not good enough like yet. i said they'll finish 7th in that division they'll be competitive i think they might surprise people but man i maybe there's I'm, a, there's a, there's a chance that they could honestly surprise people and they could you know not finish second to last they could honestly do something I, but listen, that that's that's a whole other story it's just whether or not they can do that.
1: I think we'll carry, we, we have to carry some of this over after we talk to Mike, but here's the thing. I, like, listen, about that game though, Columbus, I know we're excited for Nashville and Detroit to maybe have a rivalry again. Columbus and Detroit.
0: That honestly, is, that is I'm a just, rivalry just, built at the collegiate level and it's made its way up to the National Hockey League. It's going to be great. Honestly, for me, it's not even, It's it's more of a, Detroit is looking like they want to play hockey again. And they're there's like I said, they and fight. That,
1: it's exciting to me. Like, and, and they actually were, and I'd say like, Oh, they're fighting. Like, well, yeah, they're fighting, but that's because, you know, there was some pushing and shoving and Bertuzzi decided to take out on half the team. Bobby Ryan went after Oliver Bjorkstrand, by the way, Alex. And Oh yeah, Michigan boys do Larkin and Zach, Zach get into it. But everyone's like, Oh my goodness. It's just a, whatever gong show. Listen, it's because they were mad. They were. It was feisty game. It was 3-2. to
0: two. There was about, what? Well, it
1: was 3-1 to one at that point. They scored after the fight. No, that's right. So was, you see kids fighting
0: gets you back in the game. No, Wayne Simmons can attest. No, 3-1 to one in the game. There's about 50 seconds left in the third. And, you know, you have six pl- skaters on the ice. What was it? You know, it was a six on five, right? Yeah, it was a six on five. And you, you want to score. You want to, you know, try to keep the game close as much as you can. So... What do you do? You put six guys on the ice, you scramble to the net and you try to put the puck in. Puck eventually does go in. They call it off because, you know, obviously there was like 10 bodies in the crease at the same time. Well, they called well they
1: reversed it. Remember because that was the whole tweet debacle. You're talking about the one where they had the fights,
0: where they actually had the fights. Okay, so you're talking about
1: because there was the one where Corpasala got ran into, and then Corp- Jackets Twitter's like, "Hey, stop running our goaltender. It's not that hard." And the no, not that one. Well, no,
0: the one where they were actually in a dog pile on top of Corpasala, and the puck was in the net, and they were like, "Nope, no goal."
1: But but they didn't care. Bertuzzi's like, "Give me a body." <laughs> he took three. <laughs> he took everybody. He wouldn't full Dustin Bufflin, but he's like half the size of Dustin Bufflin. Uh,
0: it's really a spirit of efforts. What do we call it? Yeah. So. Uh, Moving on, Keith Yandel uh, keeps his Ironman streak alive. 867 games played so far. He scores his 100th goal. It's the longest active streak in the NHL. Minnesota, a pair of OT wins against LA, which those games should not have gone to overtime. But I digress. And Jakub Voracek calling out... (laughs) A journalist, this might be something that we might have to talk a little bit more well, after with Mike. Yeah. After we get off with Mike. Um,
1: we'll, we'll save the Voracek one
0: for after when we get to the news and notes. Can
1: we, yeah. though, talk... I like, quick thing on Keith Yandel. I, listen, because there was talk that he was going to get put on the taxi squad, which would have ended his Iron Man streak. The longest right now. He is less than 100 games away from Doug Jarvis. And here's what I say to this, Alex. Do you remember what our... Was it our second or third show when Andrew Cogliano got suspended? All time, no second, no or second, yeah, second or third show ever. <sighs> remember that was the one where I went off because he hit. Remember he hit or ad, er, Adrian Kempe and ended his Iron Man yeah. streak like 900 some games. I can't, he was one season away.
0: I can't remember which show it was, but yeah, no, that was towards the beginning of us actually doing the show, and you you were incensed, if you will. Well, because I thought I didn't think at that. <sighs> Looking back
1: on it, hindsight 2020, well, well, just a different, you know what I mean, yeah. clear because I don't want like the word 2020 just makes me, uh, even though 2021 <laughs> is not much better. I So far. Well, yeah, but I I look back at that. Yes, that should have been a suspension, but it sucks because Cogliano was going to break. There was no question in my mind that he was going to break Doug Jarvis's, um, his Ironman streak. 964 games is the record, by the way. Beat Gary Youngards right. to 912. And I thought that'd be I'm like, you know what? It sucks because he lost it. If you just take a guy out of the lineup because of that, and that's what ends it, that is a little bit harder to swallow. Because Keith D'Andle, listen, I get it. He's not young. He's still an all-star compared to last year. But he he can still be there, and he can help these kids move along, continue to progress, and he's still a good defenseman. They don't have it. Not like Florida's. like got the stacked defense. Alex, They have Ekblad and I don't have Mata anymore. Who the heck's on their defense? Who, they, that's exactly my point, though. Name. They, they don't have, have a lot. They don't have a lot, and they need some veterans there, and that's why I think I'm glad that Quinville and Zito said, you know what, let's give Yandel the chance. Let's let him play. And then he scores his 100th goal. Proving everyone that see, see, kids, this is why I should be here all the time, and thinking that Keith Yandel speaks like he's a 75-year-old man from the 60s, but <laughs> he's coming out here like Walt Cronker. Walt Cronker? Yeah. Cronker that's
0: the that was the old news guy sure I think so while you're trying to figure that out we are going to take a quick commercial break before we get Mike McKenzie on Mike McKenzie at the top of the hour 7 p.m. here on the live show on 12 ounce sports we'll be back right for this goodbye you didn't have to say goodbye.
1: We're literally good coming, we are literally coming good back. Good we are literally coming back right after this. Like you didn't have to just
0: get all baba baba goodbye. You like we for this. everybody. Goodbye. And we are back here live on Twelve Ounce Sports, presented by Second String Leather Company. Hashtag Grafted from, from the, the Crease. The pandemic has had an effect all across the hockey landscape in North America and abroad especially at the younger levels. Yes. Joining us now is a man who's looking to help out youngsters whose development may be lacking this season. He is the general manager of the Kitchener Rangers of the Ontario Hockey League in Canada. Ladies and gentlemen, none other than Mike McKenzie. Hey, Mike, how we doing?
3: Good, guys. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for being on the show.
1: Uh, yeah, so, Mike, it, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting because... We've I've had I've been talking to people around the OHL before we get to you know the main course on why we had you on here today. Is there an update right now with the OHL schedule? It sounds like the league saying next month. Still, um, is there an update on when the Rangers and the rest of the league are going to be hitting the ice?
3: Not really at this point. No, it's been uh, pretty quiet right now. Um, Ontario uh, has recently, uh, a couple weeks back, uh, announced that. Uh, they were taking a lot more restrictive measures uh, in the province, uh, not just for hockey, but in general. Um, so things are pretty tight around here uh, in Ontario, and it's almost uh, you know completely out of the league's hands at this point. Um, there's uh, pretty strict stay-at-home orders throughout the province. You know, schools are shut down and things like that. So it's not just affecting hockey, uh, but obviously hockey, the Ontario Hockey League, is a is a getting impacted by it. So at this point, the league's just kind of told us they'll they'll stay in touch. And uh, once they have a bit more information um, from government and health officials, then uh, they'll be in touch and and pass that along to us. But we're kind of in limbo right now, uh, just in a little bit of a wait and see mode. And hopefully uh, we can get a little bit more clarity in the coming weeks here of uh, what's going to happen.
0: Yeah. And we've, we've had guests on our show, you know through the OHL, um, USHL and, you know, all around the junior and collegiate landscape. So definitely, you know, we hope to see some OHL hockey sometime soon, but getting really, um, to the the whole, the meat of the sandwich, if you will, of having you on the show with us, um, you started doing a webinar series that is aimed at helping minor slash youth hockey players. What inspired you to start doing this, uh, webinar?
3: Yeah, you know, it's kind of a funny uh, way it, it kind of began in my head, I guess, and it goes back a little bit to what I was just talking about when Ontario announced that there was going to be more restrictions. And I have two young kids. Uh, one of them's uh, not in school; they're too young. But my daughter is, uh, you know, just turned three in November, and she's in a preschool kind of kindergarten thing. Um, so they announced that. Uh, schools were going to remain shut down after Christmas break um, for a couple weeks and uh, in some places even longer. And uh, I found myself, you know, sitting at home as a frustrated dad and frustrated parent thinking, oh man, like, my, my, you know, my daughter can't go back to school. Um, you know, that's extremely frustrating. She's not going to get to go to class. She won't get in that routine and, and all those important social aspects of going to school and things like that. And, um, you know, it was frustrating for me, and then I, I started thinking a little bit more about the bigger picture, um, and and almost how lucky you know, in a sense, that I am and and our family is that our kids are so young, and yes, they're you know one of them is missing out on school. But they're not, you know, on teams. They're not um, old enough to really understand the significance of what's going on and also lose out on so many opportunities, um, you know, from recreational activities to hockey to to whatever, um, because basically everything is shut down right now. Um, And it got me thinking, you know what, maybe, you know, if I'm feeling this way, I can't even imagine what a parent of a, you know, eight-year-old, 13-year-old, 15-year-old, is feeling, um, and how, how tough that must be on the parents, you know, seeing their kids miss out on this, the toll it takes on mental health, um, things like that, but also how the kids feel and how hard that must be for kids not being able to be on their team, play the sport they love. Um, so I started trying to think of ideas and ways where, you know, we could help and it's obviously limited right now, but the webinar series was one, you know, idea that I kind of thought on and I started putting putting the pieces together in my head and writing some stuff down and it kind of just, uh, grew from there. And it's, uh, it's been great so far. We just had our first one on Sunday and we're going to continue doing them for the next, uh, four weeks or so every Sunday. And the turnout was great. We had, uh, I think over 160 people on the call, which was uh, really cool to see all different ages, all different levels, all different genders. It was basically a, a complete mix of, uh, kids from, Mostly Ontario, but some from outside Ontario as well. So it was really uh, great to see, and we're excited to continue on with them.
1: Yeah, so for the next four weeks, I mean, that's really that's an awesome initiative because, I mean, I I I keep seeing videos of you know I, I follow numerous coaches numerous trainers just posting videos like here here's what you should be doing today here's a good workout to do today here's what you should be trying to do i'm like and it's very tough because yeah these kids are watching it but they're not really able to have that back and forth engagement and i guess that's really what the goal of this series is mike so you can kind of you know give response to these players and let them know hey here's what you can be doing and they can ask you questions and you can have that interaction that you would almost have as a coach and a player
3: yeah for sure it It's nice because I mean it, it like none of it is, is there's no equipment needed. It's, you know you don't need ice, you don't need a stick, you don't need anything. It's just you, you need a computer, an internet connection, and you can log on or watch, and like you said, there's a q and a portion as well where you can ask questions um throughout the presentation, and we try to answer as many as we can at the end. but um yeah it's it, we're we're trying to touch on all different topics um as well. Um, the first one was a little more, uh, general in nature about the sport of hockey and hockey during, you know, a pandemic and lessons we can learn in hockey and and leaving hockey in in a better place, um, you know, for everyone involved. So, uh, we'll start getting into different topics and, and really trying to, you know, share my wisdom that, you know, I've learned throughout the game from other people, um, since I've been involved in the game as a player and a manager and coach and try to try to pass that down to younger kids no matter what level they're at. So um, that's kind of the goal of it. And uh, I know the feedback was, was quite good after the first one and hopefully we can continue on with that.
0: Yeah, and through this pandemic, uh, we've seen, you know, through different industries and especially in the hockey world and, you know... I guess sports in general, I'd say. Yeah, sports in general. Uh, we've seen more and more how much uh, technology has been able to help us um, do all the things that we, we can try to normally do on a day-to-day basis, whether it be through Zoom meetings or, you know, doing broadcasts via satellite with the playoffs last year in the NHL. Um, and and we, we see that, you know, time and time again, and it's just becoming more prevalent as we, time goes on. Now, from your perspective, how important do you think technology has become in terms of running a hockey team, and how that also affects the development of hockey players?
3: I think it's extremely important. Um, I think especially now, like you guys said, it's uh, it's one of those things where you know it's if you were behind with the technology heading into this situation, then, you know, it's probably been a little more difficult, but, um, with our organization, we, we try to keep on top of things like that and be as innovative as possible in terms of technology and using different things and ideas. So, um, it hasn't been too much of a a change for us. Um, but I mean, you have to evolve and you have to adapt to, to different things and, uh, you know, I think everyone's probably sick of the Zoom calls and <laughs> the stuff online. Um, it will be nice at some point to get back to, you know, face-to-face meetings. And I don't think, at the end of the day, I don't think you can ever really fully replace some of those interactions. Like, like it's, uh, you know, we're humans and we're we're people, and I think there's a need for that face-to-face interaction. I would hate to see all this continue uh, virtually uh, even when, when things get better. But uh, yeah, it's definitely important for us um, right now using video, especially to scout, um, you know, not being able to cross the border, um, you know, watching American players through video and things like that. And even Ontario players, since we don't really have access to to go to the rink, uh, you know, watching video from, from uh, earlier in the season when there was games being played so you know things like that and the zoom calls uh, obviously those are those are happening instead of face to face scouting meetings and things like that so yeah it's definitely important um but i would just hate for it to replace completely all that human interaction hopefully we can get back to that at some point when it's safe to do so
1: yeah that that's it's it's so weird because before all this, I didn't know what Zoom was. I knew there was Skype. I didn't like Skype. I liked always talking to people on the phones or getting interactive with them. But do you think, Mike, that this is going to be something that people will continue to use to help coach? Because, you know, you can call your trainer from, you know, if he lives two hours away. Because I know some guys, you know, especially goaltenders, especially, they have their goaltenders back in their hometown or somewhere else. And, you know, they'll want to be like in contact with them. And you know, they could almost in a zoom call perspective, you could, you know, show them here, here's what I'm doing. What do you think? And you could almost say that with players yourself. Do you think this kind of technology that we're developing, you know, kind of using ourselves and learning to use more and more as the pandemic goes on, do you think that's going to be used in the future? Or do you think they're just hopefully just going to be like, just go back to quote unquote, normal, the old normal, I guess you can say.
3: Yeah, well, it's funny you mentioned not knowing about Zoom before all this started because I I actually did know about Zoom, but um, the only reason I did know about it was because my my wife was taking um, a course online and she used to always say, okay, I have to go on Zoom and do a Zoom call. And and finally, I had no idea what she was talking about or what that meant. And and finally, about a, a year and a half ago before this Pandemic, I, I finally said, "What like, what does Zoom mean? Like, what is that?" And she goes, "Oh, it's just like a an online uh, thing. It's like Skype, but a different platform." And I was like, "Oh, okay." So, and then uh, a couple months later, who knew we would all be basically living our our whole lives on Zoom? So I guess the joke was on me for uh, making fun of her for for being on this thing called Zoom, <laughs> and it pretty much controls all our lives now. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's definitely, uh, some advantages, I think, um, like you said, I don't think it can, it'll fully replace, you know, actual face to face training and stuff, but I think where teams and organizations can really add or, or coaches can add is, is stacking that on top of what you already do, um, and, and adding an extra element and getting more touches on a player, um, you know, giving them more resources, because you don't physically have to be face um, to face to do that stuff anymore. And there's, there's lots of you know, technology options like zoom, where you can, you can do stuff like that. So I think, you know, it, it, it definitely will continue on. I don't think to the extent that we see it now, obviously, once face to face interaction starts happening and coaching starts happening again, but I think if you could stack the, the virtual stuff on top of the, normal way of doing things, then you can really probably, uh, increase that, that rate of development for a player.
0: Yeah. I, I know I've heard from a lot of, uh, coaches at the, you know, the kind of like middle school ish level that, you know, instead of doing off ice training in the future that they might do instead of that, if they have, you know, like a day off or whatever, they, they'll just do like a zoom call and have everyone on and they'll do, you know, their training or whatever, something as an idea moving forward. Now with the, the webinar series back, back to that, um, this is something that I feel a lot of people could, you know, get really involved in and it could help a lot of youth players, um, especially with, you know, like you said, uh, hockey parents, they want to have their kids have the best experience that they possibly can and, you know, giving them everything that they, you know, that they can to, you know, get better and try to try to find some sort of. Something to keep them active, especially when, you know, sometimes they're, you know, not able to get outside the house. How can people sign up?
3: Yeah, so the best way to sign up is um, I I just posted on my Twitter account, which is at Mike McKenzie 1111 um, on Twitter. Um, And every uh, usually it'll be every Wednesday. I'll post a link and a registration link um, via my Twitter page. And all you have to do is basically click on that link and it'll take you a registration page. It'll ask you for your email, a few questions about your age, level of uh, play, the team you play for, um, things like that. And you basically just uh, click register and it'll shoot off an email right in your inbox. And you'll basically have the link to join the webinar, um, you know, whenever And you just click the link whenever the time comes to to actually join it. And that day comes. So it's a, it's a really easy process. It's free. doesn't cost any money. That was an important piece of the puzzle. Um, for myself, I wanted to make it open to anyone. Um, and that's the reason why it's completely free. There's no money, um, being asked for. Um, so it's, it's really simple actually. Um, if you can find my Twitter account, then you can, you can find the registration link and it's, uh, you can basically be signed up in less than a minute.
1: that sounds pretty easy. I mean, geez, it seems like every kid know nowadays can just whip out their phone and (laughs) find 70,000 apps before you know, it. I mean, geez, I, I'd like to think I know how to work this phone, this S what is this? The S 11. I think it is. I don't know. My wife bought it for me. (laughs) it's the very fancy one. Um, but I mean. What is, you know, you said you got, you know, last week or this last week, yesterday was the, you know, just a general one say, Hey, here's what we're going to do. Do you know uh, what's your topic going to be for the next one next Sunday?
3: Yeah, I think, that the, I think right now we've decided that, um, we're going to look at doing the next one on mindset and mentality. Um, so we're going to focus a lot on, you know, obviously these are, these are hockey webinars, but, um, there's going to be a lot of carryover, um, especially in a few of them To just in general sports. Like it, if you were not a hockey player and you came on the webinar, you just, every time we said hockey, you replaced that with your sport. Um, you could probably get just as much out of it as a hockey player, um, especially the one, yeah, like, like I said, mindset and mentality, that one. And also, even if you're not an athlete, and uh, that was the, the other important piece for from, from myself when I created this was that I wanted to, to try to give kids you know their fix of hockey um, and improving in hockey and, and ways they could improve in hockey, but also um, improve as just people in general and teach them some life lessons and teach them some little tricks or, or ways to just you know overall improve their life um, in any area, whether it's at school or. Um, other sports they play or, or whatever it may be. So um, we try to keep it as general as possible because we are dealing with a lot of different ages and levels. And sometimes that can be a bit of a challenge to create content for, um, you know, a seven-year-old and you're also creating the same content for a 15-year-old. And it's, uh, it, it's difficult to find that balance between um, keeping the seven-year-old interested and making it um Uh, you know, at a level where they can understand what you're talking about, but also keeping the 15 year old engaged uh, at the same time and and vice versa. So um, that's kind of what we're trying to do with the topics, but I'm excited about the mindset and mentality one. I think there's a lot of really good stuff in there that can help these, these kids, not only in hockey, but in other sports and just in in, uh, life in general as well. Because that's a really important thing
1: too during these times. Because I, I, you know, I work in news talk radio, so I get a lot of reports and a lot of the things I've been hearing about. You know, people trying to, you know, just trying to strengthen themselves and you know, because it's obvious it's very hard on everybody during this pandemic and in trying to make sure you get all the sports. in because I don't know if you know if you're if you're like me, Mike, but you know, Alex, you know, he didn't play hockey, but he played lacrosse and soccer. I played hockey and baseball, almost played football. It's pretty close to doing that. I mean, are you have that mindset too that? Kids should not just be—I don't want to say pigeon-held, but only playing one sport. They should be able to be kind of well versed around that the spectrum of not just playing one sport, but playing multiple.
3: Yeah, that was something we actually talked about on the first episode, a little bit or first session, I should say. Is just you know not uh, not tying your complete life identity to just being strictly a hockey player. And what, what I mean by that is, you know, you're obviously going to identify yourself as a hockey player if you play hockey. But it's, it's sometimes not healthy just to have that one track mind and just strictly identify as a hockey player and that's it. Um, that sometimes there has to be more, more out there and uh, there's more activities, there's more hobbies, there's more interests. And I think that's important for kids to realize sometimes is that, you know what, there's, there's other stuff out there. Um, And that was kind of one of the messages that we delivered on the first one, especially right now with, with COVID going on, it's a great time for you to pick up new hobbies, learn new skills, um, not just hockey related stuff uh, and really branch out and and find different things to do. And I, I was the same as you guys. I grew up playing hockey in the winter and lacrosse in the summer. Um, I never, never played hockey um, year round, like a lot of kids do now. So I don't think there's any right or wrong answer. Um, you know, if a kid does want to play hockey and he loves the game that much, that he, he really wants to play hockey year round, then, you know, what if he enjoys it that much? Then, hey, you know, more power, more power to you. Do do what you enjoy. Do what's fun for you. Um, but I think in, in most cases, most kids, you know, do need a break sometimes. And it is good to expand your your uh, athleticism and, and learn new skills. And it's only going to make you a better hockey player probably in the end as well.
0: Yeah. And like we said, or like you said, Mike, for more information on the hockey webinars with that at Mike McKenzie, 11 on Twitter, the number 11, by the way, yes, the number 11. So Mike McKenzie, the number 11 on Twitter, make sure to check out um, his Twitter on Wednesdays. Cause that's when he's going to, host leaks or try to at the very least Mike, thank you so much for being on the show. It's very very fun to talk with you and it's always a pleasure
3: Yeah, no problem guys thanks for having me and uh, giving me a chance to kind of share more awareness with this stuff. Hey,
1: growing the game as much as we can, that's what we like to do here on the show, any way we can
3: Awesome, thanks guys, appreciate it. right, Mike, we'll talk to you later a good one.
1: Mike McKenzie, the general manager of the Kitchener Rangers, great guy good teeth According to his smile that I had on the on the picture, there
0: good teeth, huh?
1: Well, I, he had hey, he well, even though he had a kind of like a, a fierce look, you know. Because I mean, okay, Mike McKenzie is the son, one of the sons of Bob McKenzie, the Bob Murray, Bobby Marguerite, Bobby Margaritaville. and of course his son Sean works for Sportsnet, yep. and Mike is the general manager. And I and Mike, by the way, you know where he played his high school or high school hockey, college hockey at? Uh,
0: S- the University of Utah. The what? The are you just taking random Nebraska Omaha?
1: Nebraska Omaha? Is that is that really what you're going to go with?
0: Uh What what's the what's the oh, okay.
1: Quinnipiac. Ah, that one. Is that he did he play at that one? No, he played in that conference though. Oh. Played for St. Lawrence. Oh. The Saints. He was a saint. Hey, at least he didn't play for Lawrence Tech. Well, that's not even a d- <laughs> <there's> one. So, <laughs> I just don't like him. I don't like Lawrence Tech either. They're in our conference. You never like teammates in your conference. Sorry. We almost got really distracted there for a second because Fred, we got the Jets and Leafs on now behind us. They're we in do. Toronto. 0 0, 12 45 left in the opening period. Shots are 4 to 4, by the way. Freddie Anderson got bowled over, and Alex and I both went, we both just kind of like. Is that so, Freddie Anderson? Yeah, Freddie's in there. He's got, oh, he's I got, thought
0: he was playing the puck weird. He's got the, tr- oh, shut up.
1: Well, like you give both of right, type in the text, and I'm like, don't look, don't look, don't look. Because I mean, I mean, we, I, I, didn't look, look, I watched it happen. <laughs> I meant like, don't stare at it, because people can kind of tell when we're looking at the screen. I mean, yeah, they, I mean, they could tell. Remember the highlight when we watched Lucas Raymond pot the play from Alexander Holtz against Austria? Both of us were like, it looked like we thought we were like kind of like right next to the camera, so we could see it. It, we looked like we were looking up into the up into the ceiling.
0: Yeah, you gotta put you gotta put the camera a little bit. Center on the TV, or at least like mount it up a well, little bit.
1: The, I wonder if I could mount it on the TV because if you put it up against it, then the TV's gonna like on the back and it's gonna fall over. I don't want to do that, Alex. Reason why I wanted to bring up the college hockey where he's from because, Alex, ah, yes, you know what it's time for, Alex, <laughs> it's time for the right. college ball! <laughs> brought yeah. to you by. Our friends at Second String Leather Company, secondstringleather.com, hashtag crafted, crafted from the crease. Let's get into it, folks. We had a lot of games. We'll go over to Wednesday. Alex turns off his mic and starts dancing like a buffoon. You're still on the screen. You know that, right? <laughs> Wednesday, hockey East action Northeastern beating New Hampshire 7-0. Four points for Zach Solo in that game. Non-conference action, AIC beating Long Island 5-2. And then we also had on Friday, as we go over to that, let's flip that onto the screen for you. Army beating L I U five to two. Mason Kruger's first ever career hat trick. I'll have a good little story about the L I U Army thing here when we get done with this college hockey scoreboard. Brought to you by 11, The Company. Hashtag for the Grease. For
0: the Grease. Big
1: Ten hockey action. Number nine, Michigan beats Ohio State four to two. Nolan Moyle two goals in that game. To and Eric Portello his first collegiate win as a Wolverine. The freshman picking up the win in that one. Notre Dame beating number one Minnesota three to two. Graham Slaggart and his brother Landon Slagger combined for five points. Graham had a goal and two assists for, with the game-winning goal as well. Michigan State falls to Penn State in overtime. Alex Limoges, the game-winning goal in that one. ECAC action, St. Lawrence, Alex. There you go. There's that segue. Beating number 13, Clarkson. 2-1 to one in overtime. Luke Salem, the game-winning goal. Emile Zetterquist, best pads in the league or in the conference or in the country, where you look at it. 36 saves in that one. Quinnipiac beating Colgate 3-0 on Friday. East, Maine beats Providence 4-3. Ben Poisson, two goals for the Black Bears. Victor Osman 37 saves in that one. UConn beating New Hampshire 6-5 overtime. Wild one. Carter Turnbull hat trick and the game-winning goal, Alex. He did it all for the Huskies on that night. Vladislav Furtsov, though, had the best night. Two goals and two assists for four points in that one. NCAA HC Action. Western Michigan beating number four, St. Cloud. Western Michigan who couldn't score more than two goals and give up more than six. They were able to pull off the win. Paul Wash and Ronnie Attard and Josh Basalt each had a goal and assist. Tim Wash, his first collegiate goal, brother of Paul for the Broncos. Minnesota State, number five, beating Long, Long Island. Oh, my gosh. LSSU Lake Superior State, 3-0. Dryden McKay, Alex, his 19th career shutout moves to seventh all-time on the NCAA Division One shutout list. Julian Eppervenick, a goal and two assists for the Mavericks. Bowling Green beating Michigan, Northern Michigan 5-1. As now we move over to the Saturday, if I can click the right thing, I'm bob. There we are, flipping on over Long Island beating Army three to two. Jordan Chico, Alex, a goal and two assists, and the game-winning goal for the Sharks. They get their third win of the season. Notre Dame finishing off Minnesota with a weekend sweep, a two-one victory. Dylan St. Cyr, 25 saves for the Fighting Irish. Max Ellis and Sulek Bakic each had the goals for the Irish. First time this season, the Gophers get swept. Number nine, Michigan gets a sweep of their own with a goal and two assists from Owen Power. They win five to nothing. Strauss, man, his third shutout of the season. Thirty saves for the Michigan captain. Wisconsin beating Arizona State four to nothing. Ty, Linus Weisbach had two assists in that game. Tied now with Cole Caulfield for that game, when the scoring lead with 15 points. Number 12 Wisconsin, that is, and Penn State beating Michigan State by a score of three to one, completing the weekend sweep in that one. Hockey East action. Jackson Stauber had 21 saves picking up his fifth win of the year as Providence upends Maine. They get the weekend split. 3-2 win there for the Friars. UConn beat New Hampshire 8-3 and Boston College knocking off Merrimack with a 5-3 win. Western Michigan was able to complete the weekend sweep of the Huskies and I can tell you right now folks nobody picked that. If you did you're a liar. 3-1 win for the Broncos. Alex Landis 28 saves Ethan Frank two goals for the Broncos. WCHA action, number eight, Bowling Green completes their weekend sweep over Northern Michigan with a 6-2 win. Cameron Wright and Will Collin, each having a goal and two assists for the Falcons. Mavericks able to beat Lake Superior State 6-2. Sam Morton, two goals and an assist for the lovely Maryland Minnesota State Mavericks. Now we jump over to Sunday. As we jump on over the seven games we had, AIC being Holy Cross, by a score of one to nothing, Jake Jakarski, his first collegiate win and shutout, making 21 saves. The goal scorer, Julius he- Janinen. Janinen? How do you think you say that? I think I said Janinen, right? Or is that hanninen I'm going to go with Janinen on that
0: one. I'm going to say Janinen.
1: Janinen, first collegiate goal. It was the only goal in that game as the Yellow Jackets beat the Crusaders. Wisconsin's able to complete the weekend sweep 5-2 win over Arizona State. Cole Caulfield, Ty pelton Vice, Dylan Holloway, and Linus, Linus Weisbeck all had two-point games. Weisbeck and Caulfield each leading the team now with 17 points. Number 11, Quinnipiac, beats Colgate 3-0. Ty Smilonic, two goals, including the game-winning goal for the Bobcats. They reach the 10-win mark on the year. They become the fifth team to do that in the NCAA. Clarkson beating St. Lawrence able to get the weekend split. 2-1 win for the Golden Knights. Ethan Hader fourth win of the year 30 saves in net. Hockey's Boston gets their second win. They finally get those games in against UMass. A 4-2 win. 33 saves for Drew Camesso including two goals for Logan Cockrell. Boston College beating Merrimack 5-3. Mark McLaughlin goal and two assists. Spencer Knight picking up the win making 30 saves in that one. NCHC action, Denver is able to get a win over North Dakota for one win. Ryan Barrow a goal and one assist in that one. So good for obviously him to get on the score sheet because Alex, he really needed it. And Boston, as I check the today's games, because Omaha and Colorado College, they'll play later tonight as well as North Dakota and Denver. They will play later as well. Boston University getting the weekend sweep over the Minutemen, a 4-3 victory in overtime. As I try to get the numbers here, let's see who scored the game-winning goal. doesn't say here on College Hockey on this app, but it's okay. Boston Terriers, though, Alex, 3-1 and one now on the season. Of course, they had all those COVID issues, it seemed like, because they just seemed like they couldn't stay healthy. But the Boston Terriers, they're back on track. And that was your College Hockey Scoreboard, brought to you by Second String Leather Company, secondstringleather.com, hashtag crafted from, from the, the crease.
0: crease. Was that too talk fast about, for you there? Talk about college stuff. Shout out to former Michigan Wolverine Chad
1: Henney holy cats anything
0: is possible
1: okay can i say this right now alex i don't know we're watching we're watching the game kelly and i are okay and i want the browns to win i like the i wanted browns and bills you you wanted the browns in the super bowl i wanted the browns i don't know about that it'd be cool to see tom brady beat the bills again wouldn't it that was a poop joke oh okay
0: browns in the super bowl
1: oh yeah (laughs) i guess that finally having that that'd be great no, and I'm like, okay, cool, but they're come back. And I, I tweeted out, and I said, what's going to change the tide of this game is one big hit to Patrick Mahomes. And then he gets concussed. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And then I realized after the hit happened, crap, their quarterback, their backup is Chad Henney. And which put me in a massive moral conundrum because you want Chad Henney to win, but t- you also want the Browns to win. I always want the Michigan guy to win. Patrick Lyon is not playing tonight. Oh, he must have had COVID. Must be a COVID protocol thing.
0: Maybe either that or he's just not playing. Patrick Lyon not playing. He's he. Had, if he had COVID,
1: he wouldn't be in the arena. It could have been a. There could be. There's always some issues with that.
0: If if he has COVID, he's not going to be in the arena. Period. Period. Well, period. There. Period. 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 No, anyway, would not let him in the door.
1: Period. Chad Henney comes into the game, and I'm like, oh man, because here's what's going to happen though. One of two things will happen. Either he'll come back and beat the Browns, or he'll choke and all of a sudden he looks like the goat that wears the horns, And I don't want that for him. So when it's third and all time, what he's going to be wearing the greatest of all time. No, no, the goat, not those horns. That's Tom Brady. Listen, I just, Oh, what a save by Hellebuck. Sorry. Um, ADD. (laughs) Hellebuck made a great save. Shut up. (laughs) And he comes into the game and I'm just like, Oh no. But then it's third and 15. If the chiefs get a first down, it's over. And then Henny's like, I got to throw the ball. I got nowhere to throw it. So what does Chad Henny do? Run! He never ran at Michigan. And I mean, the only time he ever ran was when I played him in NCAA 06 and I ran the option because I was really good at the option. I had Mike Hart to pitch the ball to. That's the only time Chad Henney ever ran at the University of Michigan. And he just runs puts the stroller down. He's like, I don't care if I get concussed. I'm getting this first down. Came up half a yard short. But what do they do? A screen pass, not a try to jam the ball up in the middle. They run a screen pass, and my goodness, they would do it. And I'm like, I can, I can get behind this. But now they play the Bills. If Mahomes comes back next week, I'll want the Bills to win. If Henny plays, I'm gonna have to want the Chiefs to win, which will means Mahomes will be in the Super Bowl.
0: <sighs> or plot twist: Pash Mahomes out for the rest of the season and playoffs, and then, then, then I'll be uh, Chad Henny uh, wins the Super Bowl. Don't have Chad
1: Henny versus Tom Brady for the Chad long time. Chad no. versus no. Tom Brady. Well, because I told Kelly this, because remember, who was. Dad's going to have an aneurysm. <laughs> who was, Chad Henny was the starting quarterback for a couple of years with Miami. So yeah. twice a year, I had to see Tom Brady versus Chad Henny. I know I knew Brady was going to win, but it still kind of hurts to see Chad Henny lose. Now I don't know what I would want if it was Henny versus Brady in the Super Bowl.
0: <laughs> I'd want Henny to win.
1: Well, you want to know
0: why? I don't, you're, want, you're, I don't want Tom Brady to win.
1: You're going to get Tampa Bay all the way to the Super Bowl, where they're hosting the Super Bowl in Tampa Bay this year. It'll be the first yep. time to ever do it, and he's going to lose. Lose. Good day, sir. Oh, it, that would be a really rough day for me. Like That'd I'll just, I'll, I'll just be, I'll just be sad eating food. Yeah. Like That's I'll right. just shoveling well, we'll sticks.
0: See, you know, what, we'll have to see if uh, Dad wants to do anything for that. I hope so. Otherwise, we'll just come over here, me and, Katie. and eat just garbage food, eat garbage food, drink beer, watch. Football.
1: Watch Chad Hennie versus Tom Brady and just have me cry. And for don't that. forget, we also have to, we also got to do our, our due diligence, folks. Our uh, prop bets. We got to do the prop bets. You gonna pay? Did you pay last year? Yeah, Who won last know. year? I don't know. Did Dad win again last year? Dad I don't won? know. Because we've done only two years, but if Dad's out of it, perfect. I have a chance this year. Because yeah. Dad, I think, won the last two years. Maybe Kelly won. Kelly! No, we're not doing this. Okay, well, I, have, I have questions. Well, yeah. if she just jumped on the chat, this would be easier. You know, you could have just turned me down. Holy cow, we don't need to be that loud. Sheesh.
0: Well, I'm just saying, I'm, I'd want to yell in our pe- well, in just, our fans' just, ears. That's why
1: you take the mic away, and you turn it off, and then you scream. Well,
0: I could st- you could still hear me through your, your, my mic. Or Not could true. Still hear-
1: I, I sat when we were over on the other side of this room. Uh-huh. I could hear my car alarm going. I was talking with Mike Stubbs at London Nights. I could hear my car alarm going off, and I thought it was getting stolen, but nobody could hear it on the broadcast.
0: Yeah, okay. It didn't get stolen, obviously. Whatever but. you say. Um. But... After the college hockey scoreboard, we have nothing but the news and well, okay. notes. Let's uh, let's do board. Let's wanted to quickly do board. Ah, yes, board check. Um, while you you start talking, I'm going to look something up
1: about that. Oh, because you're trying to see if you actually got because there was there was a discussion. So long story short, Tim Shale- Mike Shalesky, excuse me, who was from New York, by the way, which uh, yes is very important for all this because New York and Philadelphia or New York and Pennsylvania, for that matter. They just don't get along too well, Alex. Eagles and Giants, Rangers and Flyers, Yankees, and well, I guess not really Yankees and Phillies, but try to think of another sport here. I guess the, the Knicks and Sixers used to hate each other. I mean, maybe back in the 70s and 80s when Dr. J was there with the Sixers. Anyways, they don't get along. So Shlesky comes down to work for Philadelphia. And apparently, and I didn't really know this because back in 2016, I was not the biggest, you know, I didn't follow hockey. I watched it, analyzed it, played it. But I'm not in the same capacity I am now. Mike Cholesky used to tear, apparently, Jakub a new one every time he played bad or every time the team was doing bad. And this was when the Flyers were bad. So when Mike Cholesky got the first opportunity to talk to Travis Konechny and Jakub Borchek after the Flyers win on Saturday night, Jakub decides to let him know. We can't play the audio. I mean, we could because it's on Twitter. But we can't play it because there's a few words on there that I don't have a bleep button for. Cussing. He, long story short, called him a weasel because no matter what he says, he's going to write something crappy about him. Paraphrasing, of course. And I will say this. This, and this is coming from a credentialed journalist, a credentialed writer, a credentialed guy that's been in these press conferences before, both in the room and on the Zoom calls. This is where, and and I get it, there's the player side. Everyone's like, good for Voracek, calling him out. And remember, there was the whole thing with Austin Matthews and Steve Simmons last year in the playoffs. Right. So... In there, it's like, oh, man, good on, you know, good on him. Of course, when Austin Matthews did it, the Leafs had just lost to Columbus in that game. At least the Flyers won, so Voracek, I think, was just mad to hear this man speak. So, now there's a lot of journalists out there saying, man, why why do you have to bring that out in the open? Why do you have to do that? Listen, player, journalist, me, I've done both. I've been on both sides of the mic, Alex. Okay? Yes, Tyler. I, would I have gone that far with Voracek? Maybe not, but I get where Voracek's coming from, okay? When I write something and it's criticizing anyone in any way, shape, or form, you gotta be ready for consequences. No one should be, I personally, I don't think anyone should be feeling for Mike Cholesky, okay? No one should be like, oh man, what a man, what a tough because there are a couple people like, oh, that was like four years ago or five years ago. He's been doing it, it's, it's there's been multiple occurrences. There is no good reason that Cholesky should be like, oh, man, what did I do wrong here? You wrote something bad, and the guy's calling you out on it.
0: Well, also, okay. too, it's the, the one I thing you have to done take yet. into... Wasn't done. Was well, ever. I'm just saying, too, Like okay. you have to understand, too, Jakub Vercek is the guy that he goes on Twitter, he sees someone mentioning him on Twitter, and he, he says, quote, letter R, letter U, pooping me. <laughs> <laughs> question mark, question mark. Exclamation point!
1: So, I mean, in Vortex, very out, and that's you know what, there are some guys, but hey, Alex, isn't that what we want? We want characters in the game. We don't want robots, right? <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, that's one thing we complain about is when we have guys on the show, and we've I've, shoot. I, I love Noah Dobson; he's a great player. But dang, that interview was tough to do a couple years back because he was he's a, he did the hockey player routine. You know, what I mean, you no, know, you know, I'm just glad to be on the Subway Series team, and I, you know, Team Canada, that'd be great. You know, representing your country. I'm like, come on, come on. Just give it. that's why the Stewart, anyways, I'm not, no, I'm not going to go down that tangent. We don't have enough time for tangerines and tangelos. So that's why if I write something, like when I literally called out Dan Cole in front of a room of people saying his power play was bad, I was ready for that answer. And I took it. And I, and the next day I saw him and we, you know, went about our business because I understood what I was doing. And I, and I wrote about it, in my hockey writers and hey, Michigan State's power play failed in the third period. Yeah. Was I ready for backlash? Of course, because that's consequences. So I don't think anyone should be mad at Voracek for what he said. Dropping the F-bomb may have been a little tough, but hey, that's how it works with some hockey players. Mike Cholesky, I don't I hate to use the word had it coming, but guess what? Voracek saw his opportunity, didn't like the guy, said his piece. There it is. No one should be feeling for Cholesky. I get why people are mad at Voracek, but well, when you call someone out, when you write saying that someone is losing because of their fault, and when you write something that's literally tweeted something that says they should trade Voracek for Katie Smith, the woman who's saying God bless America in the 70s, who's been dead for like, what, 10 years, 15 years? That's what I'm saying.
0: If you know what you're going to if you're going to do that, be ready for a for a well, backlash. Just another side note, as, as someone who has also been on the mic and also done interviews and you're welcome <laughs> jack wagon <laughs> oh you're welcome hey whatever I, shut up i gave you the hey lacrosse man that was fun you did not give me that job you asked me and i did it of a charity and then i made sure hey ryan you're paying for, for or devin you're paying this me for this right Well, because so, you also yeah. did a
1: camera too that's why
0: well i wasn't gonna anyway anywho um God, where was I going with this? Oh, yeah, some athletes just don't like talking to the media. That's just how it is. Some athletes, coaches. Let's just just, just make sure that we all are aware that John Tortorella is a human being. Yeah. And he exists, and he hates talking to the media. There is literally hour-long compilations of just John Tortorella quote-unquote abusing the media. Just because he doesn't want to talk to him, doesn't want to give him straight ang- answers. Chris Pronger, before he had to end up retiring, he didn't like talking to media.
1: No, and now he's well. Now he's a part of management, so he kind of has to. But well, yeah. now he
0: has to. But like when he was a player, he literally wanted to say nothing. I'm just saying. Like there's the wh- there's the whole point of uh, players got to you know you're supposed to be made accessible to the team and. Yeah, you're supposed to be made accessible, and just because you're there doesn't mean that you have to give them all the answers you want to. It's the job of the media to get the answers that they want so they can write a story and, you know, make things entertaining. And for some players, yeah, they want to, you know, feed into that beast and, you know, they want to be, you know, the personality. And obviously when you're like a captain or something like that, you have to talk. It's kind of, it's part of your job. It's what you have to do is you have to, you know, be a face for the team and the organization but sometimes you just don't want to. And, you know, this is probably one of those situations, like like you said, where Voracek has had people criticizing him for however long, and he decided to take a shot, and he did. I mean, because
1: oh, let's be honest. When you are a star in this league, when you're a superstar.
0: I wouldn't say they're... Voracek's a superstar.
1: <sighs> He's a good player. Really good player. When you're a star in this league, we'll go with star. You're going to get criticized. A good player. Shoot. Good, good pro. I I'm trying to think when Alex Steen was on those Leafs teams. Poor guy, poor guy, right? Because
0: he would... lose Steen lose.
1: Gosh, that's a wrestling joke for all of you non wrestling fans out there. But I, I I get it. You know, it's 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 a thing. that a happens and is it happened more frequently? Yes, because why? Because players are starting to realize. Now I don't know if it's and people are like oh, but if he was on if he was in the room, he wouldn't have said that. Not necessarily true. You ever heard of a guy by the name of John Tortorella and John Ben Brooks? What (laughs) did I just say? Like I said, that's what I'm saying. No, it's it's a thing that's going to continue. I think I don't say we're going to see more of it, but play. I don't say is the word brave a good use for is the word brave a good one for this?
0: I think I don't think it's bravery. Like they're more willing. They're going to be more. They're becoming more willing to let people know. Media people are going to have to be. More <sighs> prepared. Yeah, they're gonna have to be more prepared for athletes that don't want to talk, don't want to do anything. Like what's his name? I can't even. I, I'm gonna have to look his name up. He played football for the Seahawks and the Raiders.
1: Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch. Yeah, who just did Peyton's place? By the way,
0: <laughs> speaking of fantasy, no. Yeah, I, like literally, like there, like he's he, he does an here, so I don't get fined. He's done yeah, he does he yeah. does interviews where I'm here so I don't have to be fine. Or or they ask him a question. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. I'm happy to be here. He doesn't want to talk to him. and you know what? That's that should be okay. If anything, from then on, press people, if you don't want those answers, don't talk to him. Talk to somebody else in the room that actually wants to, you know, be talked to. Because right. I'm sure that you know, there's a flyers player. That would like to, you know, get a little bit more press or, you know, feel good about the. Hey, I got to talk to the media today, honey. And the, oh, that's
1: great. Shoot, there's a reason why I think if we ever write anything about Dartmouth when they come back next season, we're going to be in trouble. Do you huh?
0: think? Do you think <laughs> PK Subban would be half the a hole that he is now if he didn't get all the media and press coverage? I think it's because he well, he's such a polarizing character. He's a personality, but think about it: if you didn't feed into that beast, yeah, like. PK Subban, Brad Marchand, you know, uh, Sean Avery. If you going back, like those kind of personalities, if you didn't feed into that and you didn't give them that media fire, yeah, do you think they'd still be the same? No, of course they wouldn't be. I mean, they'd still you know have their on ice personalities, but nobody would be like, oh, you know, he's he's really you know bombastic and he's re- he's got a real big mouth. You know what I'm saying? No, because nobody would cover them. Exactly. So, I think if anything, yeah, you're gonna see a lot more athletes and coaches. Probably not management. Well, let's say but, hockey players. I think baseball and football. You've seen a lot more of it
1: in other sports: baseball, football, basketball. They've been willing to let what, people, pe- know. people
0: saying. You know, you're they're, they're willing
1: to call out media and you know say how they really feel. Like because well, hockey yes, players that, have had that per- that literally that mantra of being robots, not saying much, giving the bland answers. Not given you know, anything to write about. You're going to see it more in hockey, I think.
0: Yeah, hockey's for uh, has a reputation of being the most exciting, boring sport in the world.
1: Yes. Exciting on the ice, boring off the ice. Well, pardon me with the cameras on.
0: Except unless you're in an Uber car and you're, you're in the Ottawa Or Senators. a taxi. <laughs> Bobby Ryan, hey, buddy. Hey, Matt, Dushane, how you doing? Was Duchesne in that one? I think so. He was one of them. I thought it was, I thought it was a different scenario where Duchesne said something. No, that was Colorado. Was- oh, Duchesne in Colorado. That's a whole... You want to talk about a storybook there. Yeah.
1: That's a story. Uh, let's get into some news and notes, Alex. Yes. I got rid of one because Simeon Varlamov is okay. He news
0: is in- news. He got
1: injured in the warm-up on Saturday, forcing poor Igor Sorokin to start and, or Elias Sorokin to start. Didn't play that well. Um, I don't blame him. That's his first NHL game he didn't even expect to play, so I'm not going to put that on. But he, apparently Varlamov is okay, so good for him. Wasn't Go. a It good, good, wasn't a good weekend for Sorokin, Sisterkin and... The Flurkin. There was one more goaltender that didn't have a good G-gurkin. start. That was a, that was a prospect. Uh, if it comes up, I'll remember it. But anyways, rough weekend for the goaltenders from Russia. Right. Bobrovsky, though, is supposed to be back Tuesday. I know there was issues getting him over there. Chris Greider played really good last night
0: for the Panthers and their win, so good for him. Uh Canucks JT Miller returned to practice missed time due to COVID. That's what I Dang, that's what I should have asked. Dang.
1: If we had James for an hour. First of all, we would still not have gotten to this question probably cuz I had so many questions like coming in as we were talking. That's just that's that's a good interview right there folks. Like for all you kids out there, I say all you kids like I'm Don Cherry. If, for all, <laughs> all you kids out there, i got the about the big fat the big fat i about the heck? <laughs> okay, i was talking about the, the you Okay, i talking about the Don Cherry that nobody, not everyone hated, like the the classic Don the the I'm Okay.
0: <got>
1: me <out>. You good, bud? Get a little red in the face there. You okay? Maybe you should like breathe or something. Like, yeah. Oh god, that's what air tastes like? Jeez. Anyways. And when you interview people, that's like that's a good interview. Is when you when you because we have a list of questions. That's what we that's how we're communicating back and forth here on the Google Drive. So we have like a base. I think we may have gotten to two of them with, with him. Two of yeah. the ones that we wrote, because the rest just came out. Like that's that's a good interview. Right. So for all of you people that want to have a podcast eventually or just want to be in good media. The best interviews are ones where you have a plan, but you just kind of let it flow. Or if you just want to talk to people. If there's a girl you like, or a guy you like. Do you walk into a date with a list of questions?
0: Sometimes. <laughs> All right, put it down. I don't usually pull the paper out, gonna, though. I text. First, right. I ask them, hey, is it okay if we have a conversation?
1: Oh, put the paper down. Alright, so what are your Likes and dislikes About the weather Okay cool What
0: are you Next question Um, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this correctly Because it- my brother wrote it It says finna smash <laughs> <laughs> Is that your name Or is that your middle name Or Hulu and do the do uh, Netflix And
1: Child? Chill Chill Is that a thing No Anyway, sorry. Back to JT Miller. This is a, you know it's important because people were criticizing the offense. Disney and Plus and toe curling's a must. <laughs> 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 you need to get off Pinterest, man. <laughs> Pinterest. I don't know what you go on there for. I don't. I don't. I don't know. What's the interior
0: what's, design? Get
1: off TikTok. There you go. Hey. <laughs> hey,
0: you leave TikTok alone.
1: <laughs> I will n- never. But no. Anyways, honestly, uh, well, because everyone's given the, the offense because Pedersen's not playing well, and Brock Bester scored goals in the first game, but he hasn't done squats since. Where you know, what's going it's on? It's the whatever? first weekend, chill out. right? But when you get shut up by your former goaltender who you could have probably afforded, yeah, that's the, that's why I think everyone got mad. And I that's, that's not an, the player's fault, though. That would be a be- what would be better, Alex, ranking how the teams are going to finish, or who has the more insufferable fan base on social media? Yes, both. Because I'll be honest, I mean, because here's my, the thing. Because t- I think Toronto's first, one hundred percent. Toronto then Edmonton.
0: I think what's gonna, after that. I think what's going to happen, you know, if we're just sticking with the north. If, I think it's going to be one of those situations where teams fan bases are just going to become like the Toronto Maple Leafs fan base on the pure basis that. Well, Edmonton. F- no, no. No. Edmonton is Toronto West,
1: and no one's going to want no, to admit it over there but no, that's the truth. No,
0: no. What's going to happen is everyone's going to. Every, every fan base is going to turn into the Toronto Maple Leafs fan base because, just like the Toronto Maple Leafs, the true fans are not in the building, and therefore the only way they feel like their voice can be heard is on social media. That's true. That was a suit joke. Yep. By the
1: way, Islanders won against the. Boston Bruins. 1 0. J.G.
0: Pajot batting it out of the air like he's a baseball player. Maybe the Mets need a
1: cleanup hitter the next season.
0: There's a lot of people batting stuff out of the air. Crosby, Stutzel, Stuttle, Stutzla, uh, it's Stutzla. At
1: least no one's called him Strudel yet.
0: Strudel. <laughs> strudel. I, funny.
1: You know what's the worst part of going to the frozen food section every single time I go to Meyer now? and what? Not finding po- toasted, str- toasted Strudel on sale. You know how hard Toaster there.
0: Stutzel. Toaster Strudel. Dude! I have a marketing plan. I already said it, so it's mine. I'm the marketing guy. Yes, but who do you want?
1: We can't do it.
0: It's got to be. Buzz Ago. off.
1: All right, fine. Call Ego. Ego Canada. Ego Canada thing. Call Ego. We have a we have a plan. Tim Toaster Strudel Stutzel. Oh, God. That's going to be a little tough, actually. We're we'll going to have to figure that out. We'll come up with the slogan later.
0: Why don't I just call up Tim Hortons? It'll be a, a seasonal thing. A Stutzel Strudel?
1: Uh, yeah, okay. Well, yeah. A Timmy Stutzel. But no, it'd be a Timmy
0: Strudel. A Timmy Stutzel. Timmy Strutzel Strudel. Oh, my goodness. You're confusing me. Uh, you're confusing me. I'm going to go over the injuries, and then we're going to talk about stuff. Um, we're going to talk about stuff? Sean Couturier is out for two weeks with a rib injury. Nick I, Robertson I, I was gonna.
1: I was going to look up the actual name of the injury because they tweeted it out, but I can't even pronounce it.
0: Fair enough. Nick Robertson of late. the Toronto Maple Leafs hurts his knee in the first period against Ottawa on Saturday, hit by Drake Batherson. It's four, e- four weeks MRI it was today. today. Well, so day. It was today. That's why they determined the four weeks. Uh, Oliver Ekman Larson is out with a lower body injury, which is day to day. Let me
1: just quick make sure. Uh, he was
0: injured way. in Saturday's game against San Jose, not playing against Vegas. Mike Smith is placed on LTIR, undisclosed injury. Uh, and they're saying about a month on Ekman Larson, according to literally everything. Okay. <laughs> so about a month on him. Who the heck text Phenomenal. Them? Uh, Troy Grosnick uh, was claimed after being waived by LA LA All LA uh Jason Spezza and Aaron Dell were put on waivers by the Leafs. Uh Dell was claimed by the Oilers and Spezza has cleared so and he's, he's going to be on the
1: and He's playing tonight so. So he
0: is playing tonight yep. so he's he's going to be part of those black aces for them. Oh, no, he's
1: playing. He's not a part of the black. He's not you mean taxi squad.
0: Yeah, not the black
1: aces this year. It's the taxi squad.
0: Sure. Whatever you want to call it Pierre
1: Angval got sent down to the Marlies, then got like four hours later, called back up to the taxi squad. And I don't know if he's going to play it literally this year, guys. I'm really good at calling out waivers. I hope you're not paying rent because you're going to be on the road a lot. Anton Forsberg claimed by Winnipeg, waived by Carolina. Um, cause Anton, cause like, I don't know if there's something wrong with maybe they just want that third string goaltender. I think so. But here's the thing about the taxi squad stuff, guys. I could try to figure it out for you, but literally until I see the name on the lineup sheet or in the morning skate line rushes, I'm not going to believe you're playing unless you're like, you know, Matthews and Marner Crosby. Like if you're like, well, Pierre Engvall or Miko Lettinen or Nick Robertson's case, you know, before Saturday, I'm not going to b- look at the tax score. I'm like, all right, this guy got sent here. This guy got sent here. This guy got sent here. Because the TSN transaction page was absolutely ridiculous. It literally, like, Alex, I may as well be trying to study calculus, okay? It, it, it was rough. So I just said, I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to go full analytics against it, but I'm just going to say this. If you're not in the morning skate, I won't believe you're actually
0: on the team. If that makes sense. I'm just going to see who's on the ice when the game starts. When the puck drops, well,
1: there's only no, well. That's if you're on tell- the
0: ice or on the bench. Okay, I was about to
1: Say because there's only six players on the ice when the game starts. Thanks, Uncle <laughs> <the> Max.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So, uh, local news: Jimmy Howard has decided to well, retire. What? It's not official. Okay. But he's going to.
1: He's going th- yeah. according to literally every report.
0: Who is he playing for?
1: Apparently, Ken Holland reached out to him, and that's when the news came out that Jimmy Howard wants to retire.
0: <laughs> Yeah, he's like I don't wanna to go to Alberta. It's cold and dry and You're you don't have a defense and West my groin is already in
1: shambles. I don't wanna practice with Zach Cassian. Zach
0: Cassian looks like the kind of guy that would shoot at your head in practice. His head scares me. <laughs> his head, I thought it was his face. Who's the goalie that got uh injured in warm because he got took one to the neck?
1: Barlamov Bar- Barlamov, Barlamov But yeah. he's okay though. It was only a stinger but he just couldn't play that night. And and it's, it's so weird because, like I said, there's going to be so many transactions and movements. Like, my phone every day just blows up with this guy went up, this guy went down. This guy's on tax squad, this guy's off tax squad. This guy's going to go tax squad, but he's going to go to the minors. He's going to go back to the tax squad all within three hour span. It just doesn't make sense. But Jimmy Howard, though, before we get into the, the end of the, our last segment of the show, Jimmy Howard, after 14 seasons, is planning to retire. Now, not, like I said, nothing's beneficial yet, right? I'm just going to. Just gonna just gonna look this
0: up. here. Uh, yeah, I'm. I haven't seen it.
1: Howard to retire. To retire. Likely to retire. Okay, because Fridge was the first one to report. Well, the it. Detroit
0: News is the one that's the closest one. That was this was yesterday at eight thirteen a.m. Yes, and Fridge. Well, will reasons- announce his retirement from the NHL in the coming days. Sports, just according okay. Sportsnet. We'll
1: probably oh, okay. have one of those you know phones, like iPhone notebooks, that they screenshot and post to social media. You know, you, you see that every so often. So, I get it. It sucks because, oh shoot, we watched Jimmy Howard grow up, almost. He came over from Maine, had, by the way, had one of the best goals against average in the history of college hockey at Maine, by the way. lost in the 0 no, 0-4 uh, national championship to Adam Burkle and Denver. But we saw him from day one in Grand Rapids. 2005, Yep. post lockout, he was their goaltender, and we saw him all of his trial and tribulations trying to get to the NHL, and then he got his chance, and we saw him earn his six-year contract, and then watch to go right out the door right after, because <laughs> boy, yeah. and I, I get it, people are like, oh, thank God, this guy sucks. Listen, guys,
0: well, because I mean. Was that at the time where it was like Jimmy Howard and Joey Mack?
1: No, well, no, Joey Mack uh, left. Joey, Joey Mack was le- in
0: I no, no, the no. Islanders so, at that point? So I went went out, I of the lock- Bridgeport, yeah.
1: out of the lockout. It was McDonald and Howard. Howard That's went to right. Boston, then to the Islanders. No, Mc- or McDonald went to the Islanders, and the Bru- Bruins and Islanders. Holy cow. Howard stayed. They got like, Adam Burkle, a couple other guys. Then Peter McDon- McDonald McDonald came back. And that's when Morazic came. That's when McDonald ended up, I think, just going overseas yeah. to play. And that's when Morazic came in. But by that point, of course, that was when Howard was already up in Detroit. Right. So it actually may have been McDonald and Morazic for a minute. Oh, uh, no, no. No, it was, was Morazic and McCollum.
0: It was Morazic right. and McCollum and McDonald and Howard.
1: Yep. And, Which for Griffins like,
0: fans. Nice. Literally, that
1: was our. Well, yeah, well, it's always It was always kind of
3: cool. To oh see well,
0: no, yeah, no, no. uh Con- There, there, was, Conklin there, there well. was Conklin and Howard because it was Conklin and Osgood for a hot second. Yep, that was the only and then of course we saw Joey Mack play,
1: but ain't but Howard though. It, I rem- it's like it sucks to like. Oh, I remember when he was good, and that's almost a decade ago, Alex. That's the tough part because as soon as Mrazic took over, Howard just his confidence went away and his.
0: So did his groin, but well, I mean, it's it's not. It's just one of those things where you just you saw it deteriorate so fast because he went it, from and, that and then it six became and to, then it became a trend of well, he's just bad. Yeah, like like Mark Stahl. Mark Stahl used to be a pretty decent hockey player. He used to be someone that you're like. He got he got brought up to the NHL you would you would trade for him if like you were doing like a be a GM mode and like you're someone offer you to trade for Mark Ston- yeah sure I'll take him in NHL 12 that's what I'm saying <laughs> that's <laughs> what I'm saying at one point Back when Gary Thorne was calling the game at one point Jimmy Howard was a top goaltender in the NHL yep and he you know he earned his money and he you know made his money and then he just dropped off the face of the earth I mean it's it's just how it's it was for him. And it, you know, it's I mean, you play fourteen years. I mean he's doesn't he have a Stanley Cup to his name? Technically. Technically.
1: Because he was in he was played for, he was on the roster for a few games, the oh seven, oh eight team. By the way, he's Jimmy Howard the third, according to his uh bio. Huh. James Russell. his name is James Russell. Russell? James Russell Howard the third. No, I thought how do you not call him Terrier? But you Because know, he didn't play for Boston. Okay, well, I think... what? But, uh, there you go. That, well, that's why I thought James Russell Terrier. Well, that's why I always thought they should call him you know, Jack Parker, the famed Boston Terriers coach. I'm like, is his name not Jack Russell now at this point? I don't know. Jack Russell Terrier. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess before we move on from Jimmy Howard, I know mine, but Alex, what is what was your Jimmy Howard moment?
0: My Jimmy Howard moment. Yes, this is
1: coming from Leafs fans, but don't forget, folks. We live live here in Michigan. Like I said, we saw him in Grand Rapids. I'm a
0: guy that likes the Leafs. I am not a Leafs fan. You're not a Leafs fan. Not a Leafs. That's what I said. Leafs.
1: Well, don't be so aloof and answer the question. (laughs) It's Leafs. Um,
0: I would have to say my Jimmy Howard moment was when he was down in Grand Rapids. We were playing Milwaukee, and
1: one of the two hundred times that season, probably.
0: Yeah, the playing Milwaukee, and was
1: this the baby blue admirals at this point, or this was this? They're still their this, admiral logo. This
0: was baby blue admirals at this point. I okay. believe. I believe. Um, yeah, I think so because I was like that. They kind of look weird because they um, have the dead admiral. <laughs> yeah. Um, anywho, the dad admiral. The the admiral. <laughs> <laughs> the dad role (laughs) uh but no so he was it was about oh god maybe six minutes left in the third period jimmy howard had a shutout going and he had a lot of shots on net and like once it was like this weird power play like pass across the point shot and like it was just the feeling of it went in they they were about to call it off because there was goalie interference, and then they reversed the no goal call, called it a goal, and I think the Red Wings ended up winning like three to one that game. But he didn't get the shutout. But he didn't get the shutout. I mean, other than that, th- that was like the really the most distinct moment I would say. Otherwise, it would just be Jimmy Howard playing for Grand Rapids. Purely that. That would be my Jimmy Howard moments. Is him playing for Grand Rapids. I will say because this. Oh. he was like. Growing up as a Griffins fan, after Joey Mac, like he was, we had expectations. He was the goalie for the longest time. He really was. I mean, there was, you know, you'd have the backup goalie like switch every other game. It kind of seemed like, and then McCollum became a a constant. But the reason why McCollum has the most wins in team history is because he played there for six years, right? But I mean, he was just he was the starting goalie for the longest time before Morazic got there. So, yeah, I mean, other than that. I would say maybe watching him in warmups and just his intense like Jimmy Howard stare where he's like mm.
1: he he <laughs> was I don't want to say he was full scale Jeff Lurg but in terms of focus but he was at that point.
0: Well, here's no no point. no that be that be the Jimmy Howard moment is watching him in warmups just like doing his little goalie fidget where he's like blocker glove 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 blocker blocker glove glove, 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 glove blocker blocker where he just like where the goalie's just like like take like the two they try to like, they
1: try to visualize the shot and whatnot yeah I know. Well, I I'm trying. To, well, my time. My thing with Jimmy Howard was a tale of two cities. It was okay. Oh, you're going to get
0: poetic with this. I should fall. No, 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 now. no, not
1: poetic. Well, like watching him rise to because that was his first starts in the 0708 season. Once he got to that point, it's like okay, now there's expectations. Because after that point, I was like all right, can Jimmy get better? Get better. And after he came back after that, it seemed like he stunk, and I criticized him more than anything. And I've been like I've been doing it ever since. But the one. The moment for me that I think i always remember, because people probably think, oh, it's going to be when he went after Crosby at the end of the game against Pittsburgh. I think it was his, it was his rookie season of the year after.
0: Maybe it was the year after.
1: But the year he became full-time, the year after, whatever, when, you know, after the game, as the game's over, Wings win, and he goes after Crosby, and there was that great visual of him going after Crosby. Because at that point, Crosby was enemy number one in Detroit because they were just, you know, recently had the two back-to-back Stanley Cup Finals appearances. But for me... It was the 2011 playoffs. It was round one against Arizona – Phoenix at the time, excuse me. Not the year they went to seven, the year they swept them. Jimmy Howard gets his bucket knocked off. And everyone's – you know, everyone at the Joe is screaming – Play should be dead. Blow the whistle. Yeah, Jimmy Howard's gonna get hurt. Jimmy Howard sticks in there and does like a butterfly slide, half split save, and the crowd goes bonkers. Because why? Because their guy just went out with a. Who needs a mask? Terry Sawchuk style, getting out there, we're doing the splits, making a big save.
0: Yeah, that was a pretty cool moment. Yeah.
1: I well shoot, I remember the one time my helmet got knocked off after a play. I'm holding the puck. You're not Jimmy Howard. Shut up. I got called... Stop I, relating to your I, own I got, story. I got called... I'm sorry. Uh, the the goaltender looks like a badass, and I can say that because I don't say the... I don't say the achole. I say can, I can... Yeah. Anyways. Goaltenders that make saves without masks look badass, okay? It's not safe by any stretch of the imagination anymore, but it still looks really cool. It's an awesome visual. I've done it once. I never want to do it again because, I'll be honest with you, it's not scary because <laughs> you... Be, you almost feel, as a goaltender, you, you feel naked without a mask when someone's shooting at you.
0: Are the Toronto Raptors actually called the Tangerine Raptors? It's the joke because they're in Tampa. Huh. Is that, like, an actual joke? Because, like, that was put on TSN. Like, they, they listed it as Tangerine Raptors versus Heat. It's a Tangerine Raptors
1: basketball because it was the company Tangerine. I don't know.
0: Sorry, I saw Alex that on the TV. I got
1: sidetracked there.
0: I got very confused. Why is Garth Brooks trending? I don't know. Uh, oh, okay. Whatever. Oh, you know, you know, uh, a tweet's going to be good when it starts with "This is not a political statement." Well, apparently okay. Garth
1: Brooks is playing at the presidential inauguration on Wednesday. Whatever. Okay, cool. All right. I mean, I'll, I mean, I'll be there. I'll have to report on it because that's literally while I'm at the station. So I'm going to get a bunch of happy phone calls on Wednesday.
0: Boy, That's yeah, gonna didn't be great. someone, didn't you tell me that someone already got caught with fake, uh, uh, inauguration credentials in 500 rounds? Of oh ammunition? yeah. There
1: was that, uh, was that Saturday or something like that? Yeah.
0: We love it. We love this.
1: Gotta game. love it, man. It's gonna be great.
0: Um, oh, back to hockey. So Jimmy Howard, congrats on a career. T- he was he was he was getting Calder votes that first year, Alex. People forget that he was. No, he he used to be a good goalie. That, that, that's not. To, it's just the latter half was. He, o- he only
1: lo- he only lost it to Tyler Myers. No, there's a battle. Who won? Who was end up having a better career? Myers or? I don't. I'll say Myers because Myers Howard? actually got to the conference finals with Winnipeg. Holy cow! That's a ball hitting the door.
0: Jeez Louise! You scare me. Woman! Piss out of me.
1: Well, just well, she's probably throwing that yarn ball.
0: When I was playing hockey yeah. with Wixie the other day, that was cool. Yeah. Um, games to watch this week. Yes. Carolina versus Nashville tomorrow, the 19th of January. That's going to be... 2021. Nashville looks promising.
1: They beat Columbus the other night. Nope. Nope. Okay.
0: So nope. I, it's one Don't of those things... Don't get your hopes up, It's kids. one of those things where it's like... Are, Don't get your hopes up, Are the kids. Senators
1: good? Are the Predators good? Are the Wings good? No, they're not. Is Columbus it's bad? It's the first
0: week. Chill out.
1: Nope, can't chill out. Got to overreact to everything.
0: No, Carolina's going to win that one. Okay. No big deal.
1: Well, yes, because... You know what? I'm going to get Peyton on the phone. Fine. I'm, I'm going to call him. He's going to be like, what do you want? I'm like, Alex just said Carolina's going to lo- beat Nashville handily tomorrow. You know what he's going to say? I didn't say handily.
0: I said they're going to win. It could be a 3-2 game, but they're going to win. I hope we don't
1: call him when he's on the toilet. That'd be
0: awkward, wouldn't it? That would be awkward. It'd be very awkward. I mean... You gonna move on? Or? His performance on the toilet would probably be the same as Nashville's performance on the ice. Wow, they
1: literally won the other night. <laughs> I, I goaltending will be a problem with for Nashville, but I, I Some people on. still question Carolina's goaltending. I'm like, I get it. I can see why
0: they did lose to Detroit the other night. But yeah, God. their goaltending is a problem when James Reimer's in the net. Don't you dare! I just did. Get me started.
1: You wanna have problems? I tell you, got problems. James, backup. Well, yes,
0: he's supposed to be the backup goaltender. Anyways, next matchup. The 2B. Uh, Toronto versus Edmonton, Wednesday slash Friday. That's that's probably going to be, be a split. That's going to be a split game.
1: If you're on Twitter, don't get on <laughs> on Wednesday
0: or that's Saturday. Gonna be a, uh, yeah. Is it
1: Wednesday and Friday or Wednesday? Wednesday, Friday. Wednesday
0: and
3: Friday. Or
1: at least, yeah, at least second Saturday of the year. They're not playing on a Saturday. Ludacris. I don't care if it's a different schedule. Luda. No, not that luda. But... Yeah, move the schedule around. Move! Schedule! Get out the way! Get out the way, schedule! No? Nothing? Looter. Anyways, but I like that matchup because there are two teams that are supposed to be good, but have underperformed. Now, yes, the Oilers made the playoffs last year. I get it, but they lost to Chicago. The Leafs made the playoffs last year. They lost to Columbus. I get it. Two teams with an extraordinary amount of expectations. Does Jake Muzzin still leave? Yes. Yeah. He's still one. Of, yeah.
0: Muzzin and Cassian are going to fight. I don't think Muzzin will fight. They'll I Simmons. They'll I think Simmons in one of those games will fight. Oh, Simmons will go after somebody. He'll find someone.
1: Hey, it wor- hey, fighting works. It worked against Montreal. Leafs are on the power play. And they're battling a lot of sticks going on. Their power play is looking good right now. Who? They're getting a lot of shots. Leafs are getting chances.
0: Are the Leafs power play good or is the Jets penalty kill bad? This around. is the question on the Kiel Show. Willie, Spezza, Tavares... Is that Letton at the point? I don't know.
1: I don't remember any of the numbers now. That's the problem. Hyman. No. Well, Hyman's
0: down in front. I'm talking about who's running the point. Neilander and no. whoever the other guys. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, Philly versus Boston. The this is going to be a preview of the outdoor game. Uh, Thursday and Saturday. It is Le-
1: Holy cow! Letton's on the power play. Cool. Anyway, sorry.
0: Somebody must be hurt.
1: Hey, Katie. Uh, Does Katie know we're on the show?
0: She should. Um, Text her if if you need to. I will. No. So, Philly, Boston, Thursday and Saturday. That's going to be something fun to watch. So, ready
1: for this? I saw this stat after the game. And Tavares just scored. Leafs one nothing. Holy. They're out shooting him 22 to (laughs) 10. Holy cow. But I saw this tweet. It's from World Hockey Report and a couple other guys. The Bruins, Alex have not scored an even-strength goal yet this season. I know it's only a few games in. Leafs scored? Yes, Tavares. I said. Tavares scored. But the thing is this. The stat is this. The only other team, Alex, in the National Hockey League that has not scored an even-strength goal yet in this season okay. is the Dallas Stars. Because they haven't played.
3: Who haven't even played a
1: game! Thank you, Tyler. So I take my mic away for everybody. No, I wasn't yelling at you, hon. I'm sorry. That's why I take my mic away so people can hear me yell. See, if we had like the boom mics or whatever, like I could just pull away from it. Sure. But then we'd have like arms in front of our face, and people have to see our pretty faces.
0: You have an ugly mug.
1: You're the one that has to wear a toque
0: every week because it's freezing in here.
1: It's warmish. It's not. But people warm. are falling everywhere. Sticks are breaking. It's a yard sale here in Toronto. What is Nick Eilers doing? go after Jake Muzzin? Dude, I don't know. I just saw sticks. Fly Maybe people. he's
0: constipated. It really
1: looked like a bush league hockey game. That's what it looked like. But I like, I, I mean, Philly, I mean, Carter Hart's going to be there. I think that team will finish up there towards the division. That could be, unless Boston can't figure it out. No, oh, that would be a good game. I, if Boston can figure it out, I, like I said, I think, I'll still think they'll win the division. It's early on. But that could be a telltale sign of the 1-2 in that East
0: division. The mass
1: mutual East division, by the way.
0: Maybe. Maybe, maybe. Uh, Tampa versus Columbus Thursday and Saturday as well. The... Uh, Irresistible force made the immovable object again. The Bolt versus the Blue Jackets—a matchup
1: that I thought was going to go a lot closer last year and a lot different the way it ended up playing out. But it, Corpusel looked really good today. The Wings in that game today. This is why I was fortunate enough because it was at noon. I was able to watch it while I watch it, listen to it while I was at work today. The Wings looked good, and Corpusel had to make a few big saves. He looks—he looks on par. He looks on. He looks like he's ready. He looked like he's in season for him. Not having to figure out, you know, how to make a save like some other goaltenders do at the beginning of the season, I I like where the Blue Jackets are at. They can get the timely scoring still. You know, Oliver Bjorkstrand's coming along. Max Domi hasn't done a whole lot yet, from what I've seen, but I still like the matchup. And like I said, Tampa will win the division, but they're not going to be as dominant.
0: Yeah, that's, that's what I. That's well, how I say one it. one thing I got to say about Max Domi and the whole thing is that you you don't don't you can't expect him to be your star player you can't he is a, a He was a star
1: in junior but he's not he's a Sam Gagne he'll be effective on the offensive end but he also can give you a little bit extra but he's not going to be your star player
0: that's right Pirelli i Jubois. mean he's he's top two lines talent i would say you know depending on the squad you know for him probably second line columbus the squad but yeah just don't expect too much from him okay. okay has pierrel dubois been traded yet no <laughs> Scores a goal today. Yeah, that was that was freaking hilarious. The the TSN broadcasters being like, or no, that was NBC at that point. You know, yeah. oh, this is this is why the Columbus Blue Jackets love having them, love having them on their team. As Pierre, Lu- they show the highlight of Pierre Luc Dubois uh, scoring a goal, and I'm just sitting here like, yeah, but when is he when is he getting traded? Yeah, I mean, it's he wants out. Him and Torts don't have the best
1: relationship, and I, and I get that because that's. That is how it works. That's how I just, I don't. I can understand why he doesn't like Tortorella. He's a polarizing figure.
0: Same reason why I can see why people like slash dislike P.K. Subban.
1: Yeah, but the thing is that I, with Pierre-Luc Dubois, for him, if he wants to get traded, if he wants to go to a team that's good or a team that wants him around, he has to play well.
0: Well, and I mean, yeah, that's I mean, it's, the same reason why Patrick Line is doing so hot. I mean, he wants to, he wants to prove that he's worth the money that he potentially can get from somewhere someone else. Right?
1: Because if you slack off, you're not. No one's going to want you. That's why do you think the year that Yarmack kept Bobrovsky, he kept Duchesne, he kept Artemi Timmy. Pardon me, Went after Duchesne, to get Duchesne, kept Panarin. He knew those guys were going to walk, and that's why instead of you know because they, they didn't want to play for Columbus anymore. But why did they play well, Alex? Because they knew money was at the end if they were able to play well. And that's and that's what made that run so important for the Blue Jackets. They knew this wasn't gonna be the same team next year, but those players that were gonna be going for those new contracts next season, they had to play well if they wanted those big contracts. Panarin's making ten mil. Another guy is a ten mil for Babrowski as well. Those guys are making bank because they did so well in those playoffs.
0: Yeah, the problem the problem with Pierre Luc Dubois though is the fact that he does have a year after this one at five million. Is he uh,
1: will he be an RFA at the end of it? Does it say on there? Um
0: Expiry R- RFA, RFA. RFA, yes. So you'll have so
1: you, to sign him. So this is literally a bridge contract and you're gonna have to pay for UFA years after this.
0: They don't ha- I mean he can refuse to sign.
1: Well, yeah, you want to have a whole well then yes, because then you have to like wait, I think it's what was it, half the season we had almost
0: had that with Nelander. Release that out half the year. Yeah. I I I think it might be one of those things that Well can they trade him? They can trade him. They yeah, have just, no problem with trading players. Yeah, well, that's just, just,
1: remember the Kevin Hayes deal. When, I was about to say, yeah, they, they, they can to trade. No,
0: trade. I feel like he's going to get traded before his contract's up, and then someone's going to sign him to his deal that he wants. Because like, oh. like his, his base salary this year uh, is 3350000 um, with next year being a base salary of six million six fifty.
1: And the reason why he's going to like that is because, obviously, he's going to lose money had he had the bigger contract this year, so he took... The less money this year, so he can get paid more next year, which will make it even harder to be traded. I mean, I
0: guess it's still five million, right? So, which which is the reason why I'm like, but if is, anything, this is the year to trade him.
1: But this, it's, but here's the thing, people. I mean, I get it. I'm talking maybe, from,
0: I'm talking from the point of the Columbus Blue Jackets org- organization. Right, you have but, a player on your team that doesn't want to be there, even though. Management has proven in the past that they are going to keep players that don't want to be there because it's the whole thing of, well, they don't want to slack off and look terrible. They won't,
1: they won't do that, exactly. But I'm going to go with Ken Weeb on this one, Alex. Similar okay. to Patrick Liney, this is not the year it's going to happen. Just no. because it's so hard for, you know, when you move, you have to quarantine, and then you're losing a guy for five games, right? And the amount that you're going to have to give up here for Pierre-Luc Dubois, despite him not wanting to be there it's still a high price tag because he is a very good young talent. And that's a guy that could be good for another half decade or so. Right. So that's why he's going to stay in Columbus for this year. Next year with a full season, maybe less restrictions on having to you know quarantine or having to wait to play. That may be the case. So maybe I like to see Dubois staying this year. I think that'll be the case. Columbus. I still haven't finished in third in that division. So
0: I'm sticking to it. It's my start. I'm sticking to it. Okay. Um, last thing that we have ten minutes left here on the Kula Show here on, on Sports. Last thing that we have on the script is back to backs, back to back hockey because we're going to see a lot of that this year. Alex, Tyler, you see it, you list it as must see TV, and I'd like to get your perspective before I give you mine.
1: Well, so we talked about a lot of our games this week. Yet Thursday, Saturday, Wednesday, Fridays, and I, I'm good. Oh, what a play! What a save! By Hellebuck. Great save! Great save! Well, it's on TSN tonight. It's not Hockey Night in Canada. Or it's nah. not sports Sportsnet. But anyways. Bokok. Uh, I am all for this because, I mean, shoot, we talked about just a little bit ago about Jimmy Howard and Grand Rapids. In minor league hockey, that's all you see. There's yeah, back to no, You have a one-game weekend. No, it's called, that's called a Wednesday before you play Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That's how minor league hockey works. You play yeah. back-to-backs all the time. The back-to-back in the NHL used to be, oh, Toronto and Winnipeg on Wednesday, and then they play on Saturday. The extended back-to-back, as I like to call it. Mm. However, as we've seen, there's going to be a lot of back-to-backs, like pure back-to-backs. And I'm all for it because here's the thing.
0: Well, not pure back-to-backs.
1: Well, actual, like, they play on a Friday, like, the least. They played Friday in Ottawa. They played Saturday in Ottawa. There was the, I think, the Islanders and Bruins. They play tomorrow as well, if I'm not mistaken. There's, I mean, that's what I like because you want to talk about building rivalries. You want to have teams that want to hate each other and get tough and want to beat the holy heck out of each other. Like, last year, they were like, oh, that was awesome seeing the Battle of Alberta play on a Thursday-Saturday. Yeah, how about a Friday-Saturday for two weeks in a row? That's how you build rivalries, Alex. That's how you get people excited, like, because then you're like, hey, you know
0: what, we Keep lost people going.
1: Yeah, we lost to him last night, but you know what, we know what we got to do to beat him tonight. That's, I mean, morning skates will be optional to the T this year, for sure. But it's going to make it... A lot harder because you, you when literally the term of taking a night off is impossible. When the next night you have to play the same team again. It's not like the Leafs, you know. Say for you know in a normal year, you're right. They have the Islanders coming to town on Friday, but they go to Montreal the next night. No, it's not that. Not that kind of back to back. This is literally the same team two nights in a row. That's a pure back to back, Alex. That's what I say. That's the old school original right. six. You Which, play Saturday, Detroit, Montreal. You hop on the train overnight, train to back up to the forum for Sunday afternoon or Friday, Saturday, whatever. That is what I think is going to make this season a lot more interesting. Now, yes, you only have back-to-backs like Toronto play Edmonton two games there. You may have some like the Battle of Alberta. You play Calgary one night, Edmonton the next night. But it's going to make it really interesting. And I know, I'm, I know I'm going on just the North here, but that's because the North has been so exciting this weekend. But that's going to happen across the league, though. I mean, shoot, Arizona and San Jose, they had a couple of really good games down there. Heck, Arizona has fans down there. Then again, it's the South. But I I like to see that this is going to make it, you're going to have teams get a little more frisky, a little more on edge. Not necessarily right. fight all the time, but it'll make it... Right. The well, battles and I mean, I'm will my, be... I, I don't want to use the word epic. I'm not going to go that far.
0: More entertaining. More entertaining and more must-watch TV. Well... That's one way of looking at it. And I th- and from, from my perspective, the one thing that I'm going to have to keep in mind, and I think teams are going to have to keep in mind, is the fact that teams are going to have to get more creative with their talent. Lineups, yep. They're going to have to definitely work on that because, for one, when you're playing it back-to-back, it's very easy to say, this matchup didn't work this night. You know, playing... First line versus, versus versus first line, second line versus second line, that kind of thing didn't really work out for us. Okay, what can we do? Uh, maybe start the second line in period two, something like that, or something like the situations. Yeah, yeah, and then you know, kind of work that kind of battle, kind of like uh, oh my goodness, I keep forgetting his name, Boston Bruins head coach Cassidy. Yeah, Bruce Cassidy. That's something that he has perfected the art of. Is but what you know, about Babcock? Yeah. Uh, huh? <laughs> well, there's a reason. Why Do you not he, no. remember 1819? There's a reason why he's not behind the bench, time.
1: you? Yeah, he's he's working for NBC.
0: Um, it's not
1: Melbury, but it's Babcock.
0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the story where we replace one guy with his identical brother. Uh, but so that's one thing, and then also goaltending too is another thing that you have to keep in mind. This is this is gonna be a, a season, like I said before. Um, this is gonna be definitely a season that. Teams that have the 1A, 1B combo, it's going to play out a lot better for you because teams like, and I bash Reimer, but when you have a, a tandem where you have Mirazik and Reimer, Reimer can win games. At the very least, you can keep teams in games. Yes. The McElhenney approach. When, but if you have a situation like Chicago where you have Malcolm Subban and... Colin D'Elia. Who? Colin D'Elia. Who? Okay,
1: Colin, Colin Delia, the guy that got hurt before Scott Foster came in and saved the day against My Winnipeg.
0: My joke. Except, yeah, that's another My thing. joke. My joke. That's another thing. How's the emergency goaltender situation going to so,
1: work? So, no, because every team has three goaltenders. That's why Anton Forsberg going, because they have. I know, I know. I was, jo- I was making a joke. I was
0: making well, no, a joke. Well, no,
1: I don't know, because people are like, why do you, have to, why do you think Anton Forsberg is such a big deal for Winnipeg to claim him? Because now they have a third-string goaltender that can play in the NHL behind Brassois and Hellebuck. Why do you think it was so important that Aaron Dell got picked up by Edmonton? Well, Mike Smith-L is A's on LTIR for who knows how long, and they really need all the goaltending help they can get there in Edmonton. You need to have three goaltenders this here that can play in the NHL.
0: Yeah, which is going to be – that's another thing is a huge challenge of, you know, people have always had – or I think of teams have always had the problem of establishing, you know, two strong goaltenders. Usually it's been a strong – a strong starting goaltender, which is the reason why he's a starting goaltender, and then a a capable backup. And then Curtis McLenny. Now you're in the situation where, like you said, you have to you have to have three capable goalies to feel safe at the very least. So I think that's one thing that we're going to have to keep in mind is the player I forgot the word for it. <laughs> <laughs> player management. player management. management. Load management. There we
1: go. Load management. Before we sign off here today, before we take it over to Talking Minds with the Rando, coming up at 8.30, talking SPHL and other stuff. Oh, we about love it. it. I, I got a quick plug something here. Okay. Thursday, I did an interview this morning with head coach Brian Riley, Army West Point head coach, Aww. because last weekend, mentioned in the college hockey scoreboard, he went up against his nephew, Brett Riley, head coach of the Long Island Sharks. Sharks. And I thought to myself, that's a great idea. So, what am I going to do? I interviewed Brian this morning. I interviewed Brett tomorrow. Thursday night, the premiere of the of a special QL Show episode. Just me, Alex. I'm sorry, I know you don't. I know nah, that's did. all right. It's gonna it's gonna be pre done, but it's gonna be, go live. It's gonna be on our QL Show YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Twitch. Alex, we're gonna go on there. Gonna be live everywhere on that Thursday night, six o'clock. So same start time here on the on 12 Ounce Sports, but we're gonna be on our own social media platforms and the YouTube channel as well. The podcast form will be up as well on Thursday night. Brett Riley and Brian Riley, a special story. Uncle versus nephew, coaching against each other at the collegiate level. We're going to get their thoughts on that and also their hit lineage because, remember, there was Jack Riley, Brian's dad, Brett's grandfather, who was the head coach of the 1960 U.S. Olympic team that won gold medal. We're going to get both their stories from there. Be sure to check that out Thursday night. We'll put it across on the social medias throughout, up until then. Live at 6 o'clock. Well, live premiere at 6 o'clock on Thursday. Yes. Yes. I just had to plug that before I go because if I forgot, I'd have been mad at myself.
0: Yes, and we are three minutes to end of Showtime. I just wanted to get it out because I'm like, I knew if I said like if I we tried
1: to start doing the sign off, we'll start yammering about something. I'll just forget about it. That's
0: true. That's, that's true. usually how it goes
1: these days. But no, it, it'll be exciting. Still one nothing Leafs. By the way, uh, did Miko Lightning get a point on that? I don't know. I don't. Let me. Well, hold on. I got what? I got two minutes here. Let me see. Where's the game center? Because John Taffer's got the goal. Hey, no. Oh, did you? What did you do? I oh. grabbed her neck. Oh, because she's biting the stick. Yes. Because Wixie plays hockey now. Ah. Uh, Nylander and Muzzin on the assist. Jake Muzzin was out there. Why was Muzzin out there? She's biting the stick, and Alex grabbed her. Yeah. She's she not is. causing a riot. She's just causing a. She's causing a havoc. Yeah. She's, she's, three she's, minutes to end close. I think we are going to cut it. Well, we can. It's okay. Yeah, so I'm going to cut it. Leave up one nothing. What? I'm going to cut it. Pick her up. Pick her up. You want to try to pick her up Come right here, now? Look. <laughs> pick up Wixie. Wixie making her second appearance on today's show. 3 times in 2 shows Wixie you're on fire. This girl is on fire. <laughs> this girl's on it. fire. Alicia Keys. There. Oh baby girl, hi can I have a kiss? We're going to kiss the mic. Sounds probably sounds Well, <laughs> Tyler, if
0: you want to cue up the music, I'll yeah, take sure. us home. Make sure you check us out on our podcatcher as well. Oh, all that good stuff. Favorite ca- podcatchers. Yeah. For Tyler, yeah. the Insider of the Insiders, I'm your host, Alex Keel. Talking Miners with Rando up next here on 12 bound Sports. We will see you next time. Say bye, away, everybody. Stay bye, Wixie. we told them hashtag TKS? Hashtag TKS at Keel Show on Twitter and Facebook. Thursday night,
1: live with Brian and Brett. Well, not live, but live-ish. Good luck. Are you talking?